whether you're on the couch, in the car, on your way home from work, or getting busy with your partner, we'll be here for the next two and a half hours to keep you company. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Story Lord, the fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories, a rock hard dick, and infinite laughs. Two and a half hours of sex? What am I, 17? What? How long is it before you have to call a doctor when you have a boner? <laughs> Three hours, I think? Four, it's four. Is it four? Guys, trust me, it's four, I know. I mean, I suppose it depends on how big it is, right? For some of us, it's three because of all the blood pumping to it. But for some of us, it's four because it's slightly smaller. <laughs> if for some hey, of us, maybe... as soon as we get a boner, we have to call a doctor. <laughs> yeah, pass so. out. <laughs> Hey, maybe if you ate something with more nutritional value than brown, you'd have more blood in your body. That's true, but I do love some brown. <laughs> God damn, he never shuts up about brown. I've just got a cup of gravy that I'm sipping on right oh, now. Oh my God. Mm. It's in a teacup. Oh, it's so meaty. <laughs> Still got chunks in it and everything. That's going to make me puke. I am Rich, and with me as always is Jeff Pennington. Hello. And Josh Henderson. <laughs> Hello! Uh, we're on episode 24, which means we've got three episodes left, including this one of this season. And No, we have two. Three, including this one. 26 in a year, 26 weeks. 26 oh, episodes. we're including this one? That's, That's not how it works, right now. dumb bastard. What are you talking about? <laughs> three, including this one, is what I just said. But they already have this one. Oh, right. There's two left after this one. Then. There we go. Fucking pedants. American math. <laughs> Americans win go. again, baby. Yeah. 32nd in education. I mean, we haven't even talked. We haven't even told the fucking stories yet, but sure. There's 25. <laughs> t- 25 we've done. Fine. 24 or 624 episodes <laughs> left. Nice. Um, our <laughs> prompts this week were monoliths. Monolith? Is monoliths the plural of monolith? Yeah. Yeah, I would think. Right, okay. And ice, uh, which were hard for me to... <laughs> which I definitely included when I was writing it and didn't just shoehorn it in about uh, two hours ago. <laughs> Man, oh, shit, ice! I think one of us can follow directions. <laughs> <laughs> I found it quite difficult to uh, shoehorn mine in this week. I don't know about you. I don't want to say that I didn't know what I was going to write about, but let's just say that that might have been a possibility. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know how it's going to end, but I'm just filling time at this point. I'm not even going to lie about it. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, we're all filling time, really, aren't we? In the just in life, in the life Jesus. sense, yeah. Mm. Filling time, in, my time until the sweet, sweet release of death. Oh God, it's going to be great. It is. It's going to be like the longest sleep. Oh, I'm going to feel so good when I'm dead. Yeah. Ready for the next life. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm done. You're done. No, no great I'm wheel going on for vacation. Josh. <laughs> yeah. That's it. No more karma wheel for me, motherfucker. I mean, you'd come back as a bug. Let's no. be honest. I'd come back as like, I don't know, something cool. A like super a, bug. <laughs> like a speedboat. <laughs> This is a good conversation. I was paying attention the whole time. Um, I'm <laughs> sorry, I, I, I couldn't stop laughing there when I started to talk. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm first this week, uh, which, which is good because I have 
about 50% faith, faith that this story is good. So we'll just see. It's called You Can Never Go Home Again, parentheses, but you probably should because the Technomancer is there. Close parentheses. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so if you remember what happened last week or last two week, um, the Technomancer was sent back to Ithia accidentally. So he is contained in the Ithian multi- yeah. uh, reality and everyone else has to now make a decision about whether or not it's right to go and save potentially the billions of lives there or leave him in one reality to rot and die. Let him rot. We're a comedy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a titty. <laughs> um, oh, uh, I should probably say as well, there is a sex scene in this story. <gasps> there is a titty? Uh, Tamia jumped onto the bonnet of a passing transport, then propelled herself hood. <laughs> Then propelled herself up in the air to wall run off the double-decked community vessel. She used the scaling claw Ludwig had made her weeks ago to dig and hold into the side as it slowly crawled down the busy public highway. The advert next to her showed a reclining woman in a swimsuit and sunglasses holding a meal replacement drink. This is intolerable, Hijoki declared, shouting against the mid-morning rain. It always rained here. How did these people stand for being so insulted all the time? I'm always (laughs) bikini body ready. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a sock. <laughs> you're 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 a slightly graying tube sock. You have no place on the beach, Tamia smiled. But but where the hell would you store your money and keys? Oh. Hijoki <laughs> Hijoki looked aghast as Tamia vaulted to land atop a mark passing medical transport. There it was, ahead of them, their target. Well, Lionel naturally hates the sea, the sun. And the sand, so he could just watch it while I swim. At, at her jokey's hurt grumble, she kissed the old sock atop his head. Of, of course we'd take you, you grumpy old foot fetishist. Uh, well, when you are a sock, I mean, that's pretty much that's it. all you got. I hope the yeah. sex scene is with the sock. Oh uh, their quarry turned off the main concourse and stopped, so Tamia jumped to the light pole swinging around it before leaping into the air and landing in a perfect dismount. As the courier stepped down from his vessel, Tammy grabbed him by his shirt and pinned him to the side of the transport. You inept fool. I've been waiting for that delivery all morning and you didn't even knock at the door. Where is your honour? <laughs> the courier was trembling. I, I, uh, I'll push the bell, darling. You, you mean the bell that says, out of order, please knock now loudly? She eyed the side of his conveyance. UPS. Does that stand for unorganised pointless shitbirds? <laughs> Damn, I'm about to get delivery from them. You're fucking roasting them. Tamia. She turned to the voice to find Lionel in a suit and tie. He was staring at her incredulous, along with everyone else walking down from London Bridge Station. Mookie what? lay breathless on their front atop the plateau looking out into the nebula of this reality they called the Edge of Forever. It was a beautiful pinkish-green cloud-like nebula that vaguely looked like groups of dogs doing it in their natural style. (laughs) 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 It was an uncanny resemblance, and Mookie felt kind of second-hand embarrassed looking at it. They looked away, down at their new forelegs, 
the lithe femininity of them that made them feel just as uncomfortable as the dog orgy nebula. Or dorgy, as it were. (laughs) Still not used to your new body, huh? Duke sat naked next to them, running a finger up Mookie's spine with the sound of a xylophone going down the scale. (laughs) Dukes could make music out of anything with those fingers. Damn! Mookie turned to her with a smile. You seem to be enjoying it. Dukes picked up her keytar and started plucking at the strings, changing the nebula's colours to vivid reds. Me wanting you isn't anything new, Mooks. You were, are, and always will be beautiful to me. You being comfortable is the most important thing. Mookie sighed. What is it? Dukes asked. A shadow fell over them. Don't mind me, I am just catching sunbeams. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Stoker plonked down next to them, rolling out a beach towel and slathering sunscreen over his hairy insect body. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) what? Stoker, Mookie said as they grabbed their robe, Dukes using her keytar to hide her modesty. What? The Atlas moth seemed oblivious before he noticed their nakedness. Ah, don't worry little pinheads about it. I am not offended by brazen nudity. When you are billions of eons old and madder than a box of boomer conservatives angry at hypothetical situations of their own making, (laughs) you have sexual drive of taxidermy snail. On a long enough... On a long enough timeline, we're all asexual. Belief stalker. (laughs) Dukes kicked... Dukes kicked angrily at his sunscreen bottle, which left the gravity of their asteroid and floated into space. <laughs> what? That's all it takes? Fuck, <laughs> this is unsafe as shit. <laughs> we wanted some quiet time. No, 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 no. You wanted the sexing time. I calculated you would need no longer than 20 minutes as it's optimal for the romantic sex. <laughs> Was I wrong? Atlas shrugged, looking over his sunglasses. Dukes and Mookie looked at each other, feeling abashed by his accurate but wholly inappropriate assessment of their sex life. (laughs) (laughs) Just ignore me. It will be like Stoker am not here at all, Stoker said. So, what is it, Mookie? The pair looked at him with puzzled expressions, so Stoker explained. (sighs) Mookie made this noise. And then you asked what was wrong. I was putting you back on track from before I interrupted. You're welcome. I'm invisible now. <laughs> Mookie He's went. the best character. <laughs> Mookie went to talk, but Stoker put his foreleg, foreleg up. Before I'm turning invisible, do you have beer for Stoker in that cooler? <laughs> <laughs> no. They both said, hoping their expression would warn off any any further interruptions. Stoker waved at them dismissively. So rude to poor Stoker. (laughs) (laughs) Duke shook her head and looked over at Mookie, who was pulling their robe back on. I feel bad that we're enjoying ourselves while while the rest of us are. Stop, Mookie. We all agreed. Time off. No pressure to return if we couldn't face the fight. Those that want to talk about next steps can be at the rendezvous tomorrow. Fighting the literal embodiment of all despair and loss in the whole omniverse was taking its toll. 
we just lost Ellie. We had to strike a... A balance. Doots grabbed Mookie's confused face in her hands and squeezed. Oh, Mooks, that's it! Stoker sat up and pulled his sunglasses down. You find beer after all? (laughs) (laughs) Why doesn't he look? (laughs) The harvester lifted an arm and fired, but instead of laser, it it fired out bubbles to a little tuneful medley. (laughs) Fucking cheap modder chop shops, he cursed to himself. (laughs) Oh no, bubbles, my one weakness that hasn't been revealed until this episode, Tabor shouted from the shadows. (laughs) What, you mean You mean really? The harvester smiled. No, you fucking donkey, of course not. <laughs> donkey? <laughs> Tabor pounced straight into the harvester's other raised arm. His hand rotated back into his arm to reveal a butterfly knife, which sunk deep into Tabor's inky black torso. Damn. That, on the other hand, did hurt. Oh, man, on the other hand, he chuckled. <laughs> and people say I'm stoic and nasty. <laughs> says that? <laughs> Tabor turned the mass of his torso into a giant chomping mouth, which bit clean through the harvester's wrist. The man That's howled sick. in pain, <laughs> pulling away a bleeding stump. Yeah, I don't know where they got that from. Blotch emerged from the brush behind them <laughs> and jabbed the harvester in the guts with the edge of her cudgel as Tabor spat up the harvester's dismembered hand and offered Blotch a high five with it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> She turned it down immediately. Who who are you guys? The harvester wheezed, grabbing for the pistol from the front waistband of his trousers. Grissom emerged and grabbed the hand, squeezing the trigger for him and shooting a bolt of hot plasma into the cyborg's groin. (laughs) The harvester screamed in agony, a blood-curdling shriek that prompted a smirk from Graves. Don't worry, they can mod a new one for you from the few pennies I've got in my pocket. That's all the metal they'd need to replate your little chody original, right? <laughs> As the harvester look up, looked up with fury on his face, Grissom kicked the man in the eye, sending him to the floor. One more down. So, so what now? Tabor said as he wrapped himself around the beaten up harvester like a boa constrictor and stood staring at Blotch and Grissom. Grissom was getting tired of the question. They had been in this reality for a month, helping this universe's Dukes of Lead track down and hunt their Harvester criminals. I catch you meaning, Tabes, but what's left to do? Grissom growled. We're not going to catch him with his pants down again, are we? The Harvester raised his eyebrow. Do you mean me? (laughs) Blotch slapped their captive around the head. No! Shut up, numbnuts! (laughs) Tabor grimaced. Don't say catch him with his pants down. The technomancer is billions of years old. I bet his shriveled ancient cock looks like an old man sucking a lemon. Oh my god. (laughs) What the fuck do you know what that looks like? Well, thanks. I'm done with that now. Blotch threw the drumstick she had been slowly absorbing in her internal acids into the deep forest to the sides of the path. How about we just go and kill him? Kill him until he's dead. Proper dead. Like deader than Gina Carano's career, Tabor said. (laughs) (laughs) You know we can't do that, Tabor. We'd all cease to exist, Grissom said. I get how you feel. 
No one wants that diseased piece of scrotum dead more than, more than me. But for <laughs> all we know, he's dying already. Blotch scoffed as they walked through the forest, Harvester in tow. You don't believe that. The Harvester cleared his throat. Well, well actually, uh, our technomancer was killed. T- to be honest, it was a bit of a relief. I'd been kidnapped and forced to do a bidding, transformed into this abomination, and now she's gone and I can do what I want. <laughs> Including stealing those Kyber diamonds that are in no way a copyright issue. <laughs> Tabor <laughs> Tabor squeezed, winding the hi- uh, winding around the harvester. I didn't steal no ice man. You got the wrong half humanoid, half killer cyborg. This is victimization. <laughs> Blotch sauntered up to Grissom. Are we sure this is the guy? I mean the warrant for a metallic villain from the Dukes was pretty sketchy. Description they gave us, we probably could have taken a smoothie maker into custody. (laughs) Grissom chewed the inside of his own cheek. It was hard to disagree with her, but the way of the Dukes was to bring the body in and sort the shit out afterwards. The likelihood was that this scumbag cyber was guilty of something, right? The thought, his previously unshakable code, suddenly felt foreign in his brain, like a tumour, or when religious people just follow a code written to honour their imaginary friend. So a tumor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just finish this, he muttered. Steel Squid 2, this is Steel Squid 1, Ludwig spoke <laughs> over the pocket radio. What? As he slithered through the air duct before hop- dropping down to the hermetically sealed lab. Um, I was of the understanding that I was Steel Squid 1 this time. Heath was in the lab on board the Swift Feather, standing in front of the monolith of technology the pair of them had created, wrestling with the burned-out semiconductor that they need to repl- needed to replace. I told you that I was going to be number one this time. Ludwig's voice squawked back through the radio. Plus, one is the loneliest number. I'm doing you a favour. <laughs> He's right. I have it on good authority that two can be as bad as one. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a Tapon level joke right there. That's um, <laughs> amazing. I couldn't even laugh. Ludwig swore under his breath. Damn Lionel leaving his Spotify account unlocked for them. <laughs> it had been a bone of contention for six months now. When they had all agreed to take a break from worrying about the Technomancer, Ludwig and Heath had chosen to stay in a reality where time moved slower and there were no lifeforms left. So as to complete their experiments. To do models. (laughs) It's to do models. So as to complete their experiments. But six months together without their friends under such pressure had been difficult. But this day in particular was more stressful. They had one day left to swipe the semiconductor, install it, do what they needed to do, and finish the last two episodes of Downton Abbey. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure it's not three? Are they watching one right now? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a whole series, three, right? It's a British series. Oh, it, I never watched it. Is that how many episodes no, there are? No, it's normally three? like six episodes to a British oh series. It's ridiculous. Okay, okay. So fast. All quality, no quantity, right? That's right. All the brown you can handle. All the brown you can handle. <laughs> Heath quickly tapped into the facility systems and turned every halogen bulb in the place back on, each one flickering with a slow hum. And as they came on, Ludwig wished they hadn't. At the end of the corridor, a gigantic set of hardware stood proud, with a long broadsword buried into it. 
The wielder of the sword still grasped the hilt in clasped hands, but had died hundreds of years ago, his skeleton wrapped in a blue half-cape gilded with what was once golden thread. He, <gasps> he wasn't the only corpse in the room. Five metres in front, Ludwig saw a skeletal humanoid ball slouched over a bank of computers, arrows sticking from his ribcage. Next to him lay a small cherubic angel, wings still perfectly intact as if rock could never touch them. He re- the angel reached for another skeleton, who clutched at his stomach, a long rifle draped over them. Ludwig surveyed the rest of the room, gasping as he noticed a handle half buried in a pile of deactivated robot, soldier- robot soldiers. As he pulled it out of the rubble, he knew what it was instantly. The pistol of a Duke of Lead, or their equivalent from this, um, uh, this multiverse. This universe, sorry. This was the last stand of this reality's versions of them against their Technomancer. The scene didn't exactly give Ludwig, Ludwig confidence. This reality was devoid of all life. Had this battle caused that? Ludwig reached for the semiconductor from the giant tower of tech their Technomancer had been trepidatiously pulling it from the base. Heath, I'm coming home, he whispered into his communicator as he walked to the air duct, not wanting to disturb this graveyard any more than he had, and wondering if this was a sign of things to come. Tam, you can't just assault people who annoy you, Lionel sighed as he put his work bag back down on the floor of the coffee shop, this uh, of the, the coffee table. This isn't Ithia, or Brackenfield Station, or a Walmart car park. (laughs) (laughs) That means parking lot. We've been here for eight months now. You don't need to fight against everything. Tamia slammed her katana down on the table. I need to do something, Lionel. I've tried to fit in on this alternate Earth, but this planet is not for me. The people are obnoxious and stupid. They believe that they're the only lives in the universe. Hmm. Some of them defy all reason, Hajoki said. Dogs in baby carriages. People, people who think gender is def- people who think gender is defined by their birth biology. Recreational golf. <laughs> it, God damn it! The story just got dystopian <laughs> as fuck. It's craziness. Fighting the technomancer made more sense. Lionel turned away. Don't. Don't say that. We're done. We came here to be free of that. The fighting, the guilt. It was obvious what he meant, but Tamia was staying quiet. She knew how difficult this was for him. He had been blaming himself for Ellie's death for a long time now. He, by his logic, breaking up had... And by breaking up, Ellie had lost her last reason to stay with the crew. Had she decided it was better to sacrifice herself? Either way, it had been Ellie's decision, and he shouldn't have felt bad but grief had a way of churning up your insides faster than a caviar and dog shit milkshake. What in the hell are you... Why? <laughs> Maybe you should try work again, Lionel suggested, even though his heart wasn't in the statement. I tried work, Tamia muttered. You were an emergency services responder for two weeks and you kept encouraging people to take up arms against their assaulters... You prompted a two-wave crime, two-month crime wave in London and massive police reforms, Lionel muttered. Good! The police should reform from being fascists to being dead fascists. Yeah! Agreed. Their cops don't even have guns. Still fascists, though. 
Yeah, but just slightly polite. Got fascists. those goofy sticks. <laughs> nice one, kid. A joke he made himself into a fist, and Tammy a fist bumped his head. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, old man. Lionel scratched his head. Tammy had always cut his hair back on the swift feather, but now he was back on a version of Earth. He had his hair cut by a quote-unquote barber. And Lionel Sean Bonce now looked like someone had hacked at it had hacked at it with a harvested dismembered talon. He mm-hmm. rubbed at it whenever he was uncomfortable. Just just ignore me. I'm just I'm just tetchy about this haircut. He cut it too short. It's it's like looking into the future. Yeah. From, <laughs> from this angle it does resemble a crystal ball, a jokey sniggered. Oh man. <laughs> Rick Baldy. Good thing I have tons of hair. Hush, Tamia. Tamia turned to Lionel. What has happened to you? You were fearless, you were brave, you had become a formidable warrior. Now you're doing customer services? What were you asked to do yesterday, Lionel? Say it loud, so our audience can hear. (laughs) Uh, uh, I was asked to clean public toilets, he muttered. I do not know how you don't kill these half these assholes. Even Grissom Graves wouldn't ask you to clean a stained toilet bowl after he used it. Why are we here, Lionel? I I can't lose you guys too, he shouted. I can't lose you too, he shouted, then cleared his throat. Either of you. Thanks, kid. Was kind of feeling like a third wheel here, Hijoki said. (laughs) Tamia went to him and threw her arms around Lionel, burying his face into a chest so boobdacious that few had been lucky enough to get this close to it without regretting and lamenting their lost fingers after. <laughs> you can't, You can't protect us. We want to fight. We don't want to sit in this reality despite how comfortable life is here, despite all President Reynolds says about protecting citizens. Wait, President who? Lionel narrowed his eyes. Tamia threw him today's paper. On the front page, the British Prime Minister was shaking hands with Ryan Reynolds in the White House. Oh, my God. He's Canadian. He can't be president. <laughs> he smiled that stupid smile he had as if his entire being was vacant for the winter while his brain was vacationing somewhere sunnier. Lionel, Lionel slammed the table and went into his room to grab a bag. Let's go. It's fucking worse than the Technomancer here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this guy hates Ryan Reynolds. He pressed a button on a metal device, which opened a portal in front of them. I'm just saying, you expect a half-cyborg with no references to get a job in this economy? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's going to hire a half-breed. The whole damn system is rigged. The harvester had been talking incessantly for nearly an hour as the... (laughs) as the rest of them waited on the uncomfortable wooden benches in the booking hall in the Duke's compound. They'd been waiting for an hour now. If you if you don't shut up, I'm going to pull all your metal implants out just to have something to stab you with, Blotch said. <laughs> How long is this judge going to take Grissom? Normally the, uh, the Dukes take turns to act as high judge. And the hearing is just a formality. We wouldn't bring in crims unless they were already guilty, Grissom said, not, mm. not sure about his own words. Mm. Tabor, and Blo- <laughs> Tabor and Block shared a look. Um, that, that sounds a bit fashy, doesn't it? 
Tabor <laughs> muttered. <laughs> Grissom kept his mouth shut and unable to formulate a response. No, it's it's not like that. It's um, it's just we're peacekeepers. Yeah, but who asked you to keep that peace, fella? The harvester muttered. <laughs> keeping, <laughs> keeping is controlling. The three of them looked at their quarry with narrow oh, eyes. No. And the harvester looked suddenly away. I mean, that's certainly something that someone might say. <laughs> <laughs> Someone like someone like you, Skidmark, T- Tabor sneered. No, 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 cer- <laughs> certainly not me, the harvester muttered. <laughs> the thick stone doors of the courthouse opened with a creak and a bailiff in a long blue robe came out with a scroll and quill. Harvester Jethro Jinx, an accompanying Duke contractors, you may enter now. <laughs> Grissom... <laughs> Grissom dragged the harvester to his feet and pushed him past the attendant and towards the room. Tabor and Blotch following, the four of them entered a large stone forum, bisected by a large, rising semicircular peak. Three black-hooded judges sat at the peak of the stone crest, only their mouths visible. It was so metal that the simple sight of it would have made you start moshing and or crowd surfing at your your grandma's cremation. (laughs) Oh my god. That'd be skanking. That's awesome. (laughs) Picking up change. They said that every time the Dukes made a decision in the courtroom, two gnarly old dragons started making little dragon babies and angels pulled out their double-handed guitars and shredded until their fingers bled. Damn! Now Grissom thought about it, that probably wasn't true. (laughs) Aww. A white ring of light appeared in the centre of the room, and Grissom nudged the harvester into it. Who brings a bounty to the courts of lead? The (laughs) (laughs) The lead judge boomed out into the cavernous room. Tabor the Darkling, Blotch the Jelly Skelly Man, and Duke of Lead Grissom Graves... Grissom said, eager for this pageantry to be over. That's impossible, the middle judge said, pulling his mask down. Grissom? Emmeth? Emmeth? Grissom looked up into the eyes of his very own, slightly older than he expected, variant of his brother. Oh, no. But but I watched you die, Griss. Emmeth jumped down, into the st- down to the stone floor to embrace Grissom the two men hugging for what seemed like both an instant and an eternity. When mm. when I was ten, you you died in that tragic speedway accident. <laughs> speedway? <laughs> He's not your brother. He's another version of him. Get with the programme, you dumb cop, Jeffro said, <laughs> only for MF to turn towards him. I mean, not guilty, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. they're coming for him. Emma held Grissom at arm's length to look him over. It's it's amazing. How have you people traversed the omniversal barrier? He shook his head, realising where he was before clearing his throat. A, a conversation for later. It's time to sentence the prisoner. Death awaits the guilty. As mm-hmm. Tabor and Blotch stared at Grissom in disbelief, Emma stepped up to, the, up to the crest to take his seat with the other judges. Had it always felt like this? Or had Grissom's time with Lionel and the others somehow awoken him to what the co- Dukes, Dukes of Lead truly were? 
fucking shitbag cops. <laughs> <laughs> Grissom shivered. Do we have a sentence? One of the judges asked. <laughs> the first judge turned his chair away from the criminal. Guilty. The second judge did similarly. Guilty. Emif pulled his hood back on and turned his chair. Guilty. The accused will now be summarily executed as written in the doom scrolls of law, set out by the original Dukes of Lead. May their heads motorboat forever on the heavenly bosom for all eternity. (laughs) (laughs) So Viking. (laughs) And their metal and their metal guns never rust. Damn. Will you take the prisoner to the cells, brother? Ebeth words echoed through the hall, and when the resonant decree had fallen silent, no response came back. Grissom, he called, but nothing came back still. He pulled his hood off and turned around to find an empty hall. Griss? They had gone. There, cuffs off, Blotch said, as she let Jeffro Jinx free, and the harvester scampered three steps before looking back. I'm not fooling you out for a second, am I? He smirked at them. You you want the ice, don't you? Call it payment for breaking you out, Tabor slippered over and held out a hand. Jeffro pressed a pectoral, which swung open to reveal a secret compartment full of small pouches. <laughs> he removed one, then emptied the crystals into Tabor's waiting hand. I pinched them, but I didn't cause anyone harm. Only those who had to look at you, Jinx. Grissom's expression Damn. was flat. Get going. There's a transport we've been using that you can have. Stay out of trouble. Jinx smiled and nodded before running off into the forest. He would never commit a crime again, except 47 counts of petty theft and one of extramarital relations with a four-sliced toaster. <laughs> I mean, love conquers all. <laughs> Nothing is that a crime? Uh, I mean, in this universe, Yo, it is. It has I don't four want to there, slice holes, is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> Grissom pulled a small metal device from his belt and looked at this. Look, looked at his two friends. They nodded in unison, and Grissom pressed a button. A golden circle widened in front of them, a doorway back home. Hey, Grissom, the Darkling whispered. Why do all the alternative omniversions of you die in some rad extreme sport? Ah. Uh, Are you the boring version of you, Grissom? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go home, Grissom whispered. He was happy to be leaving this place. The realisation of what he once was hung heavily on. Grissom, Grissom, did you hear my question? Tabor said as they stepped through the portal. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Grissom. (laughs) He's like a (laughs) five-year-old. Oh, you silicon monstrosity. Why don't you do your cracking damn job? Ludwig stopped trying to force the semiconductor into the machine and hit the supercomputer they had been assembling with a ball-peen hammer. He wiped, <laughs> he wiped his slimy brow with a tentacle, which just added more slime to his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Will destroying our handiwork offer you solace, Ludwig? Heath chirped from the other side of the unit. Ludwig rolled his eyes. Nope, but smacking your face in with a wrench might, he muttered. <laughs> I am sorry, Heath's head poked around the supercomputer. I said, Ludwig struggled as he pushed against the semiconductor. Why don't you eat a steaming pile of... Ludwig grunted as the semiconductor slid into the computer and switched on. 
its primary <laughs> monitor showing a splash of green light. Ah, uh, I awaken, it said. Oh, no. It's Grissom. I... <laughs> it's... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, he says. And I am greeted by two new life forms to subjugate. Heath and Ludwig shared a look as they stood to address the once technomancer of this realm. We're, we are not denizens of this reality, I am happy to relay, Heath said. We are about to depart, but wanted your advice on options to stop other technomancers. The computer laughed deeply. Why would I help you? I am evil personified. Malice reborn. Uh, because you code heavy cock ring, you're running in test mode and we can switch you off in an instant. The computer audibly gulped as it ran a test to try and escape, but it was of no use. Gulp? Gulp? When I say evil personified, I really mean that I could change. (laughs) 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 Then change. We can leave you reactivated in this reality. If you tell us how you were beaten, Heath demanded. I was not defeated, limited spec. I was contained. The angel they called Dutz, my opposite end of the equation, was able to develop a rotating, contracting firewall around me so complex it had me buried inside subsystems. I could not escape. The computer mancer tested at the walls of his system, finding a crack in the test. I had Mm. killed virtually all life by then, but in containing me, they stopped the universe from resetting so that I may begin again. How unfortunate for you, Ludwig tutted, and if a technomancer somehow absorbed all the other technomancers of the Omniverse... The computer mancer broke from the test environment, its cable swinging around Ludwig's throat as it shot a blast of energy that decapitated Heath instantly. You mewling pestilence, daring to fight all sorrow across the Omniverse. You cannot kill us, only weaken and contain. You aim too high and you always, always lose. He squeezed Ludwig's neck until the Krakenite's neck burst, (gasps) oozing blood all over the cabling. Simulation terminated, a voice announced. Of course. (laughs) <laughs> the, com- the computer mancer dropped Ludwig and looked around, panicked. What What simulation? What is this farce? I have won. <laughs> I can understand your confusion, a voice came over the radio. But you most certainly did not. Back in the lab of the Swift Feather, Heath and Ludwig sat, sat staring at the small screen that showed the simulation they had just run. We set you up in a hollow simulation located in a lab surrounded by a dying star. A white dwarf about to supernova in this reality. One where the only inhabitants are interstellar dust mites that you could barely see, let alone do any real damage to. Ludwig sat back in his chair, his upper tentacles behind his head. And my boy, you performed spectacularly close to what we expected. (laughs) Now, we theoretically know what we need to do. Ludwig held out a tentacle rolled into a fist. Science bros? Science brothers. He fist bumped his friend. (laughs) Then hovered hovered a finger above a big red button. Would you mind if I did the honours? But of course, dear friend. Heath closed the portal to the computer mancer's curses, 
just as the star contracted, ready to blow. Ah, that was satisfying. Should we go home now? Ludwig pressed the metal device Dutz had made them, making a portal pop into existence behind the swift feather. Way ahead of you, dear fellow. Lionel popped through the portal. I've, I've written pooped, not popped. Yeah, makes sense. Ahead. Well, that yeah. makes sense. Lionel yeah. will do that. Lionel popped I'd through. I'd poop through a portal and then close it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we pop, we, technically, we poop through a portal all the time. It's a toilet. Yeah. Oh, true, true. <laughs> Damn, blowing my fucking mind right now. <laughs> Lionel popped through the portal with Tamir and Hijoki in tow to find the others there already around the mess hall on the swift feather. The mood was sombre, but each of them smiled to see the three of them back on the ship. Tamir hugged Ludwig. Blotch offered a high five to Lionel, who took it so hard he wobbled her entire frame. Tabor patted Hijoki on the head, but Hijoki was busy doing a head count. Where are Mookie and Doots? he asked. Floorboards squeaked behind them, and they turned to find Stoker in a far too small, borrowed pink, fluffy bathrobe. What? He was retreating from the mess hall fridge, holding the chicken leg in his mouth, and was carrying enough food for four people. <laughs> but I get peckish when I am sad. He turned his back to their questioning stares, his giant wings pulsing with anger. Doots and Mookie, they are... they are not coming. They wanted opportunity to find selves, and left. I could not be so cowardly. What? Tamiya couldn't believe it. You're wrong. They, they wouldn't. We all had the option to bow out, Tam. Grissom was trying to see things from their point of view, but was failing. Those two took it. Lionel was shell-shocked. Can we even win without them? There was quiet around the table, as if the weight of their individual decisions to come back was now a crushing presence on the ship. Tabor spoke first. Could we have won with them anyway? (laughs) Doesn't matter, does it? Blotch smiled. I don't want to live in a universe where we didn't try and stop him. As everyone nodded in agreement... Lionel felt a rush of pride at being back amongst them. They were his friends, his family. Maybe not like brothers or parents, but definitely those weird cousins who you love but also wouldn't want to spend too much time with. <laughs> though, it, though it dawned on so him... So cousins. Cousins, yeah. Though it dawned on him, this might be the last time they were all together. Except Mookie and Doots, of course. The feeling that they weren't there was a white-hot piece of metal burning in the pit of his stomach that he tried his best to push away. He leaned forward, his face, hands pressed together. Ludwig and I may have found an option. We baited a Technomancer in another reality and were able to ascertain just how our alternate selves beat them. Containment. Hmm. They bottled it... They, sorry. They bottled it up like a gin, Ludwig smiled. We just gotta <laughs> think of a suitable prison for the most powerful being in the Omniverse. So, Grissom said pulling a laser pistol from his belt and spinning the barrel around. Some may ask why a laser pistol even has an old, old six-shooter pistol barrel, and I say, because it looks cool. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> what are we waiting for? Heath raised his hand. Uh, because no one has given the order to move, Mr Graves. Grissom marched off grumbling something about hating robots and ruining pathos. <laughs> And Blotch came and patted Heath on the shoulder with a chuckle. Set a portal for Ithia, Heath. Let's go die horribly. (laughs) The Technomancer sat on the beach of what was, 
before he had raised it to the ground in a temper tantrum, the dwarven resort town of Snarfholt. Oh shit! Counting the volcanic black rocks on the beach. It was the only way he could keep sane. Well, that and conversing with the weird, mutant, talking dog that seemed to appear just when the sun was at the highest point in the sky. What the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck? Sometimes he was a dog. Sometimes an indistinguishable black blob in his vision caused by a lack of food or water and sleep. <laughs> he picked up the 67 billionth, 433 millionth, 632,785th, no wait, 786th rock, then skimmed it into the water. He sighed a deep teenage sigh and flumped to the ground. <laughs> Don't feel bad for him. <laughs> I do. What's up, Technomancer? A voice said at his side. Oh my god. <laughs> the dog, who had for some reason today wore a wide-brimmed hat, wagged his tail and then broke off a piece of the hat, dipped it in the top, which was filled with melted cheese, and ate. <laughs> nacho hat! Nacho, nacho, man. man. I don't know, Malcolm. I really thought they'd be here by now. I'm sorry, I called him Malcolm and it's really funny. <laughs> it's, it's like I meant nothing to them. What has a nemesis got to do to be relevant nowadays? The dog grew another leg and wrapped it around the Technomancer's shoulders. I'm sure they'll be here soon. Who could forget a hideous tyrant like you? He grabbed the Technomancer's chrome skull and shook it. Now, who's my precious boy? Who is it? The dog said in a sing-song voice. The Technomancer looked at the ground bashfully. It is... is it me? The dog pulled the Technomancer to his feet. You're damn straight it is, soldier. Now you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you be what you were meant to be. A goddamn fabulous and genocidal son of a bitch. <laughs> the dog is insane. Suddenly, above them, a golden window appeared in the sky in a flash. When it was gone, and when the light faded, the swift feather hung in the atmosphere above. The Technomancer smiled and turned, but the dog had gone. Was he ever there? Probably not. <laughs> he clicked his taloned fingers, and in response, hundreds of dead climbed out of the rocks around him. Oh, for the love of, you messed up my count, the technomancer muttered, <laughs> <laughs> then smoothed his tattered cloak with his hands. It's been a thousand years since we were to all together again. Let's throw them a surprise party, he whispered. The end. <laughs> Oh my god. A thousand god. years? Yeah. He's gone full crap pot. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I love dude, his side dance so much. <laughs> oh. Dude, Malcolm, amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Mal You're just making like all kinds of new amazing characters. <laughs> Malcolm will return for the next episode occasionally. Malcolm will return in Avengers Secret <laughs> Wars. <laughs> oh. So, Dude, that ruled. That was great. Fuck, man. Where it there was not a ready for the last mm. seven million episodes there, whatever the count is. Yeah. <laughs> I believe but, we either have two or three, depending on whether you're dumb or not. Yeah. <laughs> we reserve the right to uh, keep it to ourselves, which is which. <laughs> but there's an infinite amount of numbers in between two or three. That's so. true. We're not going to do that, though. 
Oh, we're not. Oh, okay. That's quantum. Yeah, quantum, quantum mechanics. That's quantum mechanics. <laughs> yeah, so I got next episode's the fight, and then there's a. Don't tell us, Graham. I thought they were going to have episodes. a tea party. Yeah, I thought they were going to have a dance off. I thought it was going to be like a like a she's all that dance. There are sequence. many ways to have a fight. He's right. Shit. Pillow fight? Hmm? Potentially. Mutant dog fight. Kiss fight? <laughs> dog fight. That's not fair. That dog dogs. can grow new limbs. <laughs> or is he even real? I... Dude, he's real to me, damn it. He's <laughs> real to me, damn it. Let's just get a fucking uh, shirt of a nacho hat-eating dog and says, he's real to me. <laughs> Goddamn fabulous and genocidal son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, Technomancer's so gone good. very uh, peculiar down on... Can you stop making me like the Technomancer? I know, I know. You know what you should do for a great t-shirt design, that I'm thinking about it, is have, like, uh, the Technomancer, like, real shadowed and heavy at the top of the shirt with, like, his claws up, like he's mm-hmm. leaning over the words, and it says, uh, Technomancer Omniversal Tour 1999. <laughs> oh man! And on the back, it has a list of the different dimensions, but a bunch of them are crossed out because he's already <laughs> yeah, destroyed. Yeah. That's excellent. Kumquat dimension. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good. Another idea for a t-shirt. Yeah, we have so many. We should write them down. We need to get more listeners who would spend money. Before, before we start money. making t-shirts yeah. so tell your friends tell your family tell your clergy yeah tell the story wife, lords are the new lord the lord better than jesus no. the stories make more sense than the bible bitch <laughs> yeah, tell your clergy that we're bigger than jesus yeah that always went well <laughs> yeah, i've heard that works out great uh-huh oh man <laughs> Yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to, with this one, not get straight to the fight, because you have to decide whether you look, you're going to fight right, and two cowardly characters haven't returned. Oh, that's true. cowards you really, mm, well, you really set it up for that end of the, ep, end of the season <laughs> drop, that mic drop It's coming. I hope so. Um, I, 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 I'm ready. Have I already told you I've written the epilogue episode because I had to write it last. I had to write it when I was halfway through, so I knew where it was going. Have um, you already told us you're an overachieving <laughs> kiss-ass? Yeah. Yes. You're uh, a yes, teacher's pet, that. and we don't even have yeah. a teacher. Okay. We don't even have one. I'm my you're own. not getting an A. There's no grades. I'm my own teacher, and I always get A. <laughs> Damn, Grissom. <laughs> <laughs> Grissom or Hajoki or one of the other Grissom or Sock or Grissom the Technomancer. or Technogrissom. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's so good. I loved it. I'm glad you both <laughs> liked it. Sorry, loved it. Um, right. Yeah, I didn't like it. I like liked it. Oh, good. That's what we. That's what we want. Like, like. I want to run my finger up its spine, which is a code for let's fuck. Mm-hmm. She's a musician with those fingers. Yeah, I had I, I had my that. dick out and then nobody fucked. What is this? Uh, they're, yeah, they're I had pre cum all over my keyboard and nobody <laughs> fucked. They're pre. I had to put it back in my dick. It's a post sex. Post coital. Yeah. Post coital. It's sweet. It's sweet that way, right? I had to put all my pre cum back in my dick. It yeah. was just yeah. wasted <laughs> with with a with a uh, 
what are they called? Uh, Q-tip. Jesus. Technically, a sex scene did occur, but we were in another reality at the time, so we didn't see it. What the fuck? Edgy, man. I feel like I got (laughs) fucked over, and nobody (laughs) got fucked. All right, everyone on Discord, write the sex scene, please, so I can read it. Asterisk, don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> They're go- if, dude, if you're on, if you're a patron, you can do whatever you want. That's true. If you give us money, you can do whatever. Who cares? For a dollar a month, you can defile my characters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. They're all gonna die next episode anyway. Whoa! What? No, I'm only, I'm only kidding. Or am I? Yeah, he's not. He's not. British people can't joke. Um, Just like dogs can't look up. <laughs> Mutant dogs with nacho hats can't look up. <laughs> can't look they up. How does he know cheese? there's nacho cheese in the hat? He can't look up. <laughs> Just his face. He, he can smell it. That that's, smell true. It. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, right, okay, that was part one done. Uh, we've already spent like an hour on this part. Yeah, so, this is like the longest yeah, episode of all time. Yeah, so we're going to be back with part two in a few short moments. Degenerates. Damn, uh, Jesus. Had a fun break? I hope you did. But now we're back and it's Josh's turn. So you hope better. You got put, all your pre com back yeah, in. Put your seatbelts on, pull your pants down, and enjoy. <laughs> and, yeah, okay. <laughs> seatbelts and pants down. That's how we all do it, right? <laughs> that, feels, that feels weird. Like, I feel like that would feel really weird. This is going to be like a roadhead story, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, there's going to, yeah. Just to warn you guys, there's like a ton of roadhead. (laughs) There he goes. There goes roadhead. Okay, all right. My story is called The Pillar. Oh, nice. Oh, oh, nice. That's not Was there a monolith and ice in your fucking story, Rich? Yeah, the the Technomancer was a monolith of computers in the other reality, and ice was the crystals, the guy's. The crystals. I totally forgot that we even had prompts. I did too, actually. (laughs) Just doing whatever you want. All right, let's face it. (laughs) Daranos is a cum dumpster just waiting for you to secretly throw away your empties from the party you had last night so your mom wouldn't find out and come home and say, boys, if you're going to have a party... I would prefer if you you do it where you take everyone's keys so they have to stay over. And then you hand out the keys, and if you get the person's key, you have sex with that person like we did in the 70s. Ah, the 70s. Birth control and no HIV? Who wasn't getting cummed in? Not me, your mother, who is still speaking at this very moment. End quote. 
Uh, Ugla found herself once again climbing up an impossibly steep and deadly mountain. At this point, you could write a paper about how her adversity was symbolized by all these treacherous-ass climbs she had to do, and that overcoming the impossible was a theme in her life at this point. But she didn't... But she sure didn't feel that way. (laughs) Mountains fucking suck! She breathed out heavily as she gripped another handhold. On her back was the white was her white staff and white katana blended in with the snow that was billowing all around her like she was in a cocaine blender. Uh, oh, by the way, if I say if, <laughs> if I say socks instead of sandals, uh, I don't want to hear about it because I wrote sandals and I say socks all the time. So, but if you're a patron, you can tell me whatever. Don't do that. That was so specific. So, yeah. <laughs> Sandals the katana mewed from her back. (laughs) You sure this is the way we need to go? There wasn't, like, a different quest we could have taken to, like, Bermuda or, like, the Titty Islands where everyone shows they titties and it's normal as hell, but not stupid like in France because there aren't any French there? (laughs) Everyone shows they titties. (laughs) Sandals thought for a second. Or so Ugla thought since the sword remained silent. Mew, the sword said. Fine, but I swear to God, if I fall again, I'm going to haunt whatever sick god or gods is controlling this adventure. Snap! <laughs> Just then, Ugla's hand slipped from the icy handhold as she fell downward, yelling obscenities all the way. That's what you get for questioning a god. Maybe next time, just be glad we're not fired and go on your adventure. I promise it'll be worth it. <laughs> Nothing worth doing is easy, or so the bo- say the boomers. And look at them—they pulled themselves up by the mountain boat. They pulled themselves up a mountain both ways by their own bootstraps. Fucking boomers. Yeah, I hate them. Ugla landed on a small outcropping, several tens of feet down the mountain, with a snap. Sandals transformed back into a cat and began to lick her face, giving her healing energies. Oh. Yeah, it's it's okay, Sandals. I'm fine. I didn't break anything. She said, propping herself on her hand, up on her hands. She reached inside her satchel and pulled out a broken cookie. Can't say the same for my limb-ass bread. <laughs> <laughs> she said, holding up a broken-ass-shaped cookie. <laughs> That's lore right there. <laughs> That's limb-ass bread. Bought, brought to you by the Kreebler Elves. Do you eat ass? One bite and it'll fill you all day long. Now an ass shapes of all your favorite Daranosian heroes. Michael Jorkton, Bone Jackson, and Flurb. Oh, just remember, kids. Just remember, kids. There's no such thing as too much ass. <laughs> Can an ass be considered a limb? I sure have it. I sure have seen some that should be classified as such. What were we talking about? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's about how far they are at extremity. That's yeah, how, yeah. yeah, definitely. How far out do they go? Yeah. Can you see it from the front? That might be a limb. Yeah. Ugla pushed herself upward and dusted off her robes. Sandals rubbed against her leg lovingly, glad to see Ugla was indeed all right. Just then, a loud rumble thundered through the sky. Ugla looked up but could only see the snow falling fast and hard downward into her face like she was on a swing set and pretending she was going warp nine in Star Trek. Oh, that did rules. you guys do that when you were a kid? Oh yeah, yeah. I did that all the time. Yeah, it's great. Then a tr- uh, then a, tr- a terrible fell voice could be heard on the wind. 
Oh, yeah, rock me, daddy, rock me, the voice said. Yeah, I'm going to rock you all night long, another (laughs) voice said, as the thundering got louder and louder, rhythmically loud, like someone was banging a rock drum, or maybe someone was banging a rock's ass if rocks had asses. (laughs) Shoot your rocks inside of me, the first (laughs) rock said. Ugla squinted through the snow and blushed a bit. Then she saw it. Two giant mountain-sized rock monsters just fucking in broad daylight on top of another mountain. The banging was so loud. It, <laughs> the banging was so loud it had to have been audible for miles and miles. Just then, in a forest somewhere in the south, a merc monk was building a model acorn in a glass bottle. As the first pounding sound hit his ears, he jerked his hand and the entire model acorn crumbled oh, into a mess no. in, <laughs> mess of parts inside the bottle. Motherfucker! Fucker! The merc monk yelled, throwing his little merc monk-sized jeweler's glass to the ground. <laughs> As another founding sound hit the house, the model acorn righted itself back into an acorn. Oh, well, okay then, he said. <laughs> Again, another pound hit the acorn. Another pound hit, and the acorn crumbled into a model ship. Oh, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go jerk off, the merc monk said. And then he did indeed jerk off. The end. <laughs> That's my story. This the end of, end, definitely the end of his story. Yeah. He's sleepy yeah. after that. <laughs> I'm gonna rock, the rock man said as he rock slided all over the other rock monster. And that is how mountains are born. Don't look it up. Miss Parko in sixth grade said it was plague tectonics, but in Daranos, it's plate sextonics. Nice. Sandal said as she walked over to the wall in the rock in the rock face. She looked at it and looked back at Ugla. Ugla walked over and ran her hand over the surface of the stone. Her hands were scraped from the fall, and she winced as the sting of pain shot through her. As she left her hand on the stone, uh, she was expecting the cool rock to be smooth. Hold on, I read. I can't read. As she left her hand there on the stone, she was expecting the cool rock to soothe her cuts, but instead she felt warmth. It's warm, she said, looking down at Socks. Socks mewed and rubbed against her leg again. She could train this human. (laughs) (laughs) Ugla waved her hand, and ancient dwarven runes shone in a golden yellow light through the snow. It's a moon's door, Ugla said excitedly. Mew, Sandal said, looking up at the darkened sky. No, no, it doesn't open when the moons are out. It opens when you moon it. Nice. (laughs) Without hesitation, Ugla pulled up her robes and mooned the door with her pristine (laughs) wizardly booty that won Wizard Yale's Wet Pantaloons contest three years in a row. Wet Pantaloons. Enter, a booming voice said as the stone gave way to a staircase that led down into the mountain. See, Ugla said, let's go. Inside the cavern, the howling wind was muted, making it sound like a spooky ghost was having an orgasm. But uh, Ugla was undeterred. (laughs) Ugla ran her hand along the wall of the staircase as she and Sandals descended into the unknown. As they went down, the cavern got darker and darker. Ugla grabbed for her newly reconstructed staff, but before she could, Sandals already began to glow a bright yellow light. Her eyes shone like two flashlights, or torches if you still think it's 1350 AD. (laughs) And wherever she looked, they lit up the spot with pinpoint accuracy. Oh, well, that's Sandy Ugla said, patting the cat on her glowing head. 
Soon they reached a giant cathedral-sized room with pillars just like that movie I'm stealing all this imagery from. <laughs> Sandals looked around. Far away. But even... What? Far what? away. Far away. Not yeah. Homaging. Yeah. I'm homaging. You're, it's a pastiche. Yeah, it's, it's a... Yeah, it's a pistachio. <laughs> Sandals looked around, but even her flashlight eyes weren't powerful enough to reach the other side of this enormous, empty, cavernous abyss. Ugla picked up a rock on the ground. Bottom of the 69th, bases are loaded. Does Ugla have enough in the tank to strike out Bo Jackson? <laughs> Ugla narrated as she began to pretend to ready to throw a pitch. She throws a fastball, Ugla said as she threw the rock into the inky blackness and waited for the sound of it hitting the ground to echo through the chamber. But no sound ever came. She whistled. That's not ominous at all. <laughs> As she and Sandals made their way through the city-sized room, she could see no trace of anyone or anything. There were no bodies. There were no books. No indication that anyone had ever lived or even been in this place at any point in time. The emptiness only added to Ungla's anxiety about the whole trip. But Sandals forged ahead, turning back every now and again to make sure her new human was following her. But at, at least Sandals seemed to know what she was doing, Ugla thought to herself, letting that old, warm blanket of self-doubt curl around her. She should really talk to a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't we all? Shouldn't we? A little you know? personally aimed dialogue here in this. <laughs> mm, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Suddenly, Sandals stopped dead in her tracks. Her ears perked up and backwards. She rotated them around, listening intently. Ugla turned her head, trying to hear whatever it was Sandals was hearing, but her human ears weren't good, uh, good, as good or as cute as Sandals' is. Then she heard it. Drums. Drums from the deep. <laughs> <laughs> Ugla closed her eyes and let out a long sigh. Fuck, I hate caves. <laughs> Sandals ran back toward her and transformed into a gleaming white katana. Ugla held, up, Ugla held her up and readied herself like a samurai. As the drums grew closer and closer, Ugla couldn't tell if the pounding in her ears was the drums or her own blood pumping. She gripped sandals tighter and readied herself. Uh, are you headed to the party too? <laughs> a very drunk female goblin said <laughs> as an all-sea jam box busted out the latest <laughs> goblin beats. Ugla looked around, still ready to defend herself. Cuh, the goblina said. <laughs> goblina. <laughs> Look, if you get hit on by any annoying gob boys, just call me and I'll take them off your hands, she said, looking her spindly <laughs> and warty fingers. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, not hot at all, right. I know. Right. I thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> Ugly lowered sandals as the katana turned back into a regular magical flashlight eyes having cat. <laughs> regular. <laughs> normal, you know. Just your everyday okay. cat. <laughs> Just, hey, yep. Okay, girl, follow me. Woo! Goblin day 69 for 20! <laughs> the goblina said as she grabbed Ugla by her hand. Soon, a bunch of other goblins scurried out of the darkness and put a tiara made of barbed wire on Ugla's head and handed her a really strong drink with a swirly straw that ended in six different orc penises. Wow. 
I've seen Hindus like this. Sorry, bachelorette parties. Yeah, bachelorette parties, yeah. Hindu. That's definitely <laughs> the better name for the... <laughs> yeah. It sounds like my name. Hindu. Hindu son. Ugla reluctantly took a sip and recoiled at the flavor. Ugh, what is this, turpentine? She said, spitting out the drink. <laughs> turpentine, the goblina <laughs> chuckled. Yeah, because we're all rich enough to afford turpentine. <laughs> this bitch thinks she's the queen of Bogland over here. Oi, mate, careful spot of turpy. That was, <laughs> thanks for letting me do that voice, Josh. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It was great. You did good. Thanks. Soon they reached a room that was bumping with goblin jams by Snoop Gobby Gob. Genius! <laughs> Goblins were making out with each other, and some were even making out with themselves. Woo! Goblin day! The goblina, goblina shouted yet again to nobody. <laughs> Ugla looked around, having never seen this amount of writhing, wrinkled back meat in her whole Ugh. life. The king goblin was sitting up on his throne just getting twerked on by goblin bitches, <laughs> but they were so emaciated that they couldn't quite get they back into it, you know? <laughs> can yeah, I, I know. I know. Can I, ask a, can I ask a small question? Is yeah. uh, Snoop Gobby Gob working with Dr. Druid? Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, well this show Back to over, it! I think. <laughs> we have to go. It's time for a commercial. <laughs> By Magic Mike. <laughs> that's why it happened. I didn't take mine this morning. <laughs> Dude, that's right. Uh, what is it? Uh, couldn't quite get they back into it, you know? You're supposed to shake your thighs, but these goblins looked like they hadn't eaten a decent meal since Hardee's was a thing. Look it up. <laughs> There's still Hardee's in West Virginia. What? Yeah. There's still goblins in West Virginia, too. Well, there's always going to be goblins there. <laughs> all this undeterred the goblins as they partied hard. The lady goblins all twerked their weak backmates to the to real-life goblin Iggy Azalea's fancy as servers brought out trays and trays of trash? Just kidding, Iggy. I know you listened. I know you listened, and you have a big butt. What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, right. Trash. The goblins all feasted on trash. One goblin grabbed an old Hardy's hamburger box and just straight up ate it, licking the ancient petrified cheese from the bottom of the styrofoam uh, container. Mm. Silence! The king shouted Sorry, the goblins. <laughs> know your place, Jeff. <laughs> Silence! The king shouted as the goblins all calmed down, even though some were laughing like Beavis. I don't remember writing that. <laughs> Today we honor our gods, he went on while scratching a goiter on his butt. <laughs> Ew. Fair. And we honor our most important god, the pillar. The pillar, all the goblins <laughs> said in unison. <laughs> okay, Ugla said quietly to Sandals. Meow, meow, Sandals said in reply. <laughs> awesome. Suddenly, a short brown goblin in a lab coat and nerd glasses ran into the room. Wait, wait, he shouted. Wait, everyone, listen. We have to stop partying, the nerd goblin said as he waved a parchment around frantically. Every goblin, including the king, groaned and rolled their eyes, some which had several eyes. <laughs> Boo, 
shut up, you fucking nerd! A goblin, a goblin yelled from the back. You suck! Another yell. <laughs> oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> stinks! <laughs> Anyone want to swap el- swap wives? Another yell for some reason. <laughs> he had been working up the courage all night to ask someone, and he mistakenly thought this was the right time, but it was not. He would later go home and have to have regular non-sex pervert sex with his goblin wife, (laughs) who looked like that Nicki Minaj gremlin from Gremlins 2. Uh. (laughs) Oh, damn. I know you listen, Nikki, and you have a big butt. <laughs> what were we? What was I talking about? <laughs> it's definitely never been in question. <laughs> My readings indicate that if we keep up this level of crunkitude, that the pillar's structural integrity will be compromised, the nerd goblin said, looking at a chart on his parchment. Blah, 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 structural, blah, blah. My dick is smooth and not wrinkly, blah, blah. The goblin has said, making fun of this huge-ass dork as everyone in the party laughed. <laughs> smooth dick, shouted another goblin. I know that's what and I point- say to my enemies. <laughs> smooth dick. Uh, uh, shouted another goblin and pointed his busted-ass fungus-infected finger at the nerd goblin. The nerd goblin lowered his head and slowly began to leave the party. Mew! Sandals nudged Jugla and gestured toward the archway the nerd was skulking through and dragging his research behind him. Ugla swiftly made her way over to him and grabbed his shoulder. I suppose you want to make fun of my smooth phallus as well, he said as he turned around (laughs) to see the largest woman he had ever seen. Tall, he said. (laughs) You, uh, what do you know about this place, Ugla asked very (laughs) open-endedly. Me? I know lots of things. I am the only goblin alchemist to ever... Well, ever, he said proudly as he pulled up his suspenders. Oh, yeah, he was wearing Urkel suspenders. Oh, I love him. <laughs> Sandals peeked out from over Ugla's shoulder. Oh, the nerd said. That is quite the rodent you've got there, he said as he tried to pet Sandals. She hissed and lowered her head back behind Ugla's. Oh, well, it was nice to meet you, big lady, but I have research to tend to at the pillar, he said. Wait, Ugla demanded. What's your name? I am Squib, he said, pushing up his glasses that were made out of different parts of bottles and wire. (laughs) (laughs) I am Ugla, she said, holding out her hand for him to shake. He looked at it and did an awkward fist bump against the back of her outstretched (laughs) hand. (laughs) Close enough, Ugla said with a laugh. Now show me this pillar. Squib led Ugla into a solemn room. The sound of the party... Uh, the sounds of the party were dulled here, but Ugla could feel the vibrations of the bass bumping through the floor. As the beat dropped, it rattled a candelabra on the wall and caused it to fall with a clang on the stone floor. Ahead of them was the pillar. Holy shit, Ugla said as she saw it. <laughs> this, this is cold steel, she said, turning to Squib. This is the pillar, Squib corrected her. It's been here ever since us goblins forged our first sword out of the rusty detritus left here by the progenitors. <laughs> Ugla ran her hand over the steel pillar as she looked up. It reached the cathedral ceiling about 60 feet above. Its metal was shaped and warped as if it was spilled into the form it was in while molten. It was smooth and cool and felt good on her hands. Do you know how much this is worth, Ugla turned to Squib, who was reading his chart. Ah, what? He said. 
This is worth more than, like, well, everything, Ugla said, looking at the pillar. I mean, like, trillions of gold. Gold? Squib said with a laugh. What would we do with that useless metal? <laughs> it's soft and shiny. You can't make swords out of it, and it'll give away your location in the dark. Because it's shiny, Uglass? What? No, because it smells like fart, Squib said. <laughs> You're not from around here, are you? <laughs> what gave it away, Ugla said with a laugh. There, <laughs> there hasn't been any gold in this mountain, Squib said. At least as far as I know. The progenitors saw fit to gift us with all we'd ever need in the form of trash, Squib said proudly. Besides, it really goes against our whole diesel punk anarchist vibe of us <laughs> goblins really big. I mean, did you see that one guy out of the party? He had a hollowed out bowling ball for a helm. I didn't even know there was bowling in Darinus. <laughs> New lore drop. Bowling in Darinus. <laughs> Or maybe the progenitors knew about bowling. Ah. <laughs> back at the party, Megan the Stallion, the famous centaur rapper, took <laughs> oh, the stage and started, started playing thought shit. This caused every single goblin to completely lose their turpentine-addled minds. <laughs> oh, gods, no! Squib shouted as he ran over to what looked like a typewriter, but it was spitting out numbers and symbols. Suddenly, the pillar began to glow. Uh, Ugla said, backing away from it. <laughs> it's never done that before, Squib said, somewhat <laughs> intrigued. A single glowing red eye formed in the center of the pillar through the semi-translucent metal. Old, it said. <laughs> it's never done that before either, Squib said, now backing up in fear. <laughs> I am ancient, it shouted. Sandals transformed into katana form, and Ugla held her up ready for anything. If Megan, the, if Megan the Stallion wasn't such a bad bitch, all of this could have been avoided. Which I'm sure is something the actual Megan has said to herself countless times. <laughs> I know she listens. Sup, girl. I'd eat sushi out of every crack in your body. Hit me up. <laughs> you think she's going to call? Is she a patron? I mean, <laughs> wait a minute. Someone's typing on the Patreon right now. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Wait a minute. We'll save that for after. Is it her? It's a live broadcast to this podcast or <laughs> Yeah, what's that? <laughs> the resonance of the booty quaking is causing the pillar to deteriorate, Squib said like a total dweebus. All around them, pieces of cold steel fell onto the floor, clanging and clashing like someone dropped the Liberty Bell onto Big Ben and they just had loud bell sex. Wait, <laughs> is Big Ben the clock? No, it's the bell, right? It's if bad. only someone on this show were from that crazy house brown eating island. <laughs> it's the bell, right? It is the bell. Okay, good. I got that it's right. What's the clock called? Well, the tower's called something else. Yeah. Uh, the... Something's tower. Uh, the no the Bing Bong Tower? Bing Bong Tower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Shard? Elizabeth Tower. No. The tower housing Big Ben was formerly known as St. Stephen's Tower, and now it's be called now it's called the Elizabeth Tower because the Queen fucking died. Well, boo-hoo. Which well, there was already one Queen with that name, so why isn't it named after the cool one know. with the red hair? Don't know. Queen Bodicea Tower. Why isn't it called Bing Bong Tower? Yeah, it sounds like right. a Mario Kart level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sandals mute. Right, Ugla said, diving out of the way of the falling debris. She quickly dodged and rolled, sliding forward towards some pieces of fallen cold steel. Yoink, she said as she grabbed a large <laughs> trunk and put it in her never-ending sack of holding all the things TM all rights reserved. 
<laughs> completely original artifact. Yep. Squib was dumbstruck. Uh, Squib was dumbstruck, and fear had taken over his little nerdly body. He stared upward at the red glow, which had now gotten brighter, having shed off some of its metallic sarcophagus. Ugla grabbed yet more of the priceless metal, thinking about how, if Sid were here, he'd talk about buying a bone speedboat with it and tricking it out to look like the bone from the boat from Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> she smiled at the thought. But then she looked over to see Squib paralyzed with terror. Uh, I wrote whistle like a dad whistle, which I can't do. Like, I can't whistle. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. She whistled. Squib turned to look over at her. His face was sad. One of his gods was, gods was disintegrating right in front of him. Get in the bag, she screamed, but he did not move. She sighed and rolled her eyes. This is a bad idea, she said as she dropped a chunk of the metal and ran over to the tiny scared lizard ape. <laughs> <laughs> Get in, she demanded. Squib snapped out of his stupor and did a swan dive into the bag holding everything or whatever I ca- the bag of holding everything or whatever I called it earlier. <laughs> I'm not scrolling up. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck that. Forward. Move ahead. Inside, he clanged around off of all sorts of things. Books, many chunks of cold steel, a brush Ugla hadn't used since she was like 23, tampons, you name it. <laughs> Ugla turned and held out sandals, whom was now glowing gold against the ever more pow- powerful red gleam of the pillar's eye. The last of the wizened, the eye said. You are doomed, it said as the glow intensified. Ugla felt the hot glow get hotter around her exposed skin. Sandals glowed brighter to counter. You're... You're... Ugla sputtered, squinting her eyes against the light. I am everything, the eye boomed. Ugla dropped to a knee and faltered as the red-hot beam began to glow hotter and hotter. Her pale skin blistered in the sun like that one song by the Violent Femmes. (laughs) 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 Sandals muted her. I can't, Sandals, Ugla said, struggling. I'm not, I'm not strong enough. I'm just, I'm not good enough, she said with a tear in her eye. Mew, 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 Sandals said, (laughs) glowing brighter and placing a shield around them. The red hot beam, uh, the red hot beam shot around the shield in a semisphere. Where the beam hit, the shield's uh, blinding magical power arced off into the room, causing the room to collapse around them. Inside the bag, Squib was sitting at a table eating grapes. I wonder if she knows this is in here, he thought to himself. (laughs) Outside, the heat from the eye was unbearable. Sandals shook in her hand as the cuts on her hand now were covered in red sunburn. You suck ass, Ugly yelled. (laughs) Mew, Sandals muted encouragement. You suck ass. Ass! Ugla yelled again, regaining her foothold and standing up again. <laughs> the eye laughed and grew brighter. You suck ass! She yelled one final time. Then everything went white. The waves of the ocean splashed against Ugla's hot, burnt skin. She winced in pain as salty water hit her mouth. She spat it out and awoke with a jolt. <gasps> the waves continued to rhythmic- rhythmically hit her, but not violently. They were gentle waves. She stood up, soaking wet in her robes, hanging heavy on her. <laughs> hey! Anyone alive out there? 
<laughs> a muffled voice came from the satchel. Oh, shit, Ugla said, quickly opening and rummaging through the objects in- inside until she found a wrinkly-feeling object the size of a gross baby. <laughs> Squib shot up and out of the bag. Are, are we dead? He asked, looking around. All around them, they could see only the beach, the waves, and the setting sun. I don't think so, Ugla said, touching her sunburned skin. If we were, I don't think the sunburn would, would hurt as much as it does. I'm like a freshman on spring break over here, she said, making a pained face. <laughs> Thanks for saving me, Squib said, resting his, on her, on her, resting his hand on her arm. Fuck, ouch, she said. Don't sunburn, dude, she said. <laughs> but, yeah, don't mention it. My track record for keeping anything under five feet alive isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> Squib laughed and, and sat down next to her. Now what? He said. Ugla shrugged. She had a bag full of cold steel and an alchemist who might know something about it. Uh, and an alchemist who not, uh, might know something about it, but that was it. Down the beach, Ugla could see a figure. It was moving toward them. She sighed. She was too tired to have to try and defend herself again. Whoever this was better not better be cool or at least mm-hmm. boring enough not to try and kill her. She stood up with the help of her staff. Sandals climbed onto her back and perked her ears back. Squib stood behind her leg afraid. <laughs> Ow. Wait, I gotta do the right voice. <laughs> Ow, for fuck's sake, it's you again, <laughs> Reese said as he saw her. <laughs> he was dressed in full-blown Hawaiian shirt gear like Merlin from Sword of the Stone. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, come on. We have much to discuss. The end. <laughs> oh. Some wild shit's about to go down. We're about to learn in this bitch. You're learning, bitch. I have theories, but I'm not going to say them. Okay. Uh, that was a real conversation killer. <laughs> that um, was it. <laughs> that was the beginning and I the have end. Theories, but on this podcast, that's completely audio. I will not speak. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I have, Rich. I have theories about Reese's. Yeah. Yeah, what are they? That maybe he's not he's... the Reese's we've seen before. This Reese's is not the Reese's we've seen before in the story, in this mm. this season. Hmm. Mm. I think I don't know. that my big theory is that Reese's uh, are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the pieces or the cups? The cups. Yeah, no like, shit. Yo, I'm pissed off they don't have dark anymore. They don't do dark They don't, uh, I fucking dropping the ball. Obama's mm. fucking up. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Thank Reese, Obama. Thanks, oh, Reese's the wise. I like. Squib. I didn't do it. I love dark chocolate. If you know what I mean, no. Reese's. That's fucking inappropriate. That's that's a little. That's on the line. I think. <laughs> Good thing I didn't say it. I love Squib. Yeah, yeah. I'm just picturing a goblin article, like 100. Yeah, percent Exactly. But I his like, glasses are fucking shitty. I like that Ugla has her own flyman. Yep. <laughs> her own <laughs> useless <laughs> twat. I was gonna I wrote a line, I totally forgot that I to put it in, but I wrote a line that was like her being like, You remind me of somebody else I know. <laughs> and it, it was gonna be like, Oh, is he handsome? <laughs> like me. No. Oh, no. And he was gonna be like, she's gonna be like, No, he's quite idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I am really excited to find out what's wrong with the world. Everything's wrong with the world. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like a window, Jeff. 
Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> look outside and smell I, the Darinosian flowers. I, I absolutely refuse. You, <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> refuse to look outside. <laughs> yeah, don't. It's yeah. burning out there. <laughs> no, but uh, the mystery there. of like what happened to the wizards, what's happening to the world. Mm. I I want fucking answers. Well, you might get some, yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't you know. Get all. You're not gonna get them all. It's like it's like a poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> Squib is a funnier character than we've ever had before. Hopefully, it works. <laughs> Hopefully, it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> Misa Squib! Oh god. Oh god. No god, no. Uh, that was good. I like So we got it. three episodes left? No, two. Two now. We need the. Two, two and the third. We need the, like, uh, candy pop thing that Squib's mouth opens up and his tongue is the candy pop. That's the next piece <laughs> of merchandise we need. <laughs> like a Pez dispenser? No, that like the fucking disgusting Jar Jar Binks thing that its hit mouth oh, opens and it had the sucker inside of. <laughs> I think I had that. Uh, you were tonguing Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah I was Frenching him. That's why I like him so much. <laughs> nah. Ooh, no, cherry. No, thank mm-hmm. you. Mm. You can uh, lick my cherry. What? On that note. This, uh, we'll I don't be know back. what that means. <laughs> we'll be back in, in, a, in an indeterminate amount of time. Bye. <laughs> Quick, get a commercial. <laughs> get away, get away. This week, spooky. <gasps> oh God! Ooh, Who's reading? You are. What? <laughs> I pre calmed out of fear. Uh, hold on. Let me type spooky stories for kids. Enter. <laughs> oh, doing chat GPT. <laughs> the story is by Jovial Bob Stein, and it's entitled <laughs> Fear Street. Is that the name of it? Uh, no. It's called Spook It Down. I'm waiting for my intro. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, is is, Jeff is now uh, going to read a story. You um, nailed it. I got it. Now I'm hyped yeah. for it. it <laughs> you uh, nailed it. He's right here, and he can start <laughs> now. <laughs> now? Do it now? Now. Now. Now? Okay. Now. Uh, The name of my story is City Limits. Continued from The Recruitment of Rio, episode 21. Seriously, go back and listen to it. That one was a pretty good one. And this one's mostly just all right. Also for understanding the story or whatever. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. He killed his own mom. He did. All five of our chosen heroes had been in the car together on their way to Whitesville, Connecticut to stop the apocalypse for about ten hours at this point. And most of them had found new and exciting ways to force their intolerable personalities on one another. (laughs) Pavlov Flinch had decided that he could only sleep nude, even during a car trip, and that it was everyone else's fault that they were going to have to see his quote-unquote rude boy bits, as he kept calling them. (laughs) 
And frankly, they should be thankful for the opportunity, as not many people had ever been blessed with it. And if this new dating app didn't work out, very few people would ever be blessed with it in the future either. (laughs) It took Kayla actually physically restraining him with his seatbelt tied around him like a dog harness to keep him from dropping trowel and flopping dick and ball over the leather of their ride. (laughs) Dick and ball? Mm, Over leather as well. Nice, that's going to squeak. <laughs> Myrtle Smelly, Kayla's student teacher assistant and loose-necked ghoul sidekick, <laughs> had, had decided about two hours in, after Kayla had feigned never having heard of Kingdom Hearts to avoid her talking about it, that she was going to have to describe in excruciating detail the entire plot of the video game series to everyone in the car. <laughs> On hour five, Flinch had declared that if he had to hear the phrase, but that wasn't the real Ansem, one more fucking time, he was going to rip out of his dog harness and throw himself into traffic. <laughs> there wasn't even a slight pause after that before Myrtle launched into a full explanation of the difference between Xehanort and Xemnas for the third time. And everyone in the car turned to punch her all at the exact same time. But she ducked at the last second, and they all punched each other instead like a Looney Tunes gag. (laughs) Goddamn Three Stooges as fuck! Uh, Note to self, write a better joke here before the book version. Oh, shit. (laughs) He's giving himself homework later. Kayla S. Hunter declared on hour five, after all the cross-punching, that she was going to swear revenge on the various two-dimensional cartoon characters she was sharing the vehicle with. Uh, because they had destroyed her normal, happy, productive life with their Scooby-Doo and the 13 ghost-ass bullshit. (laughs) When when Myrtle pointed out that Kayla had been running headfirst into this kind of shit since she was herself in college and that they had only known each other for a few weeks, Kayla grabbed Myrtle's neck brace and yanked it off. Causing her head, uh, her, the girl's head to go flopping around her shoulders like a broken bobblehead doll. <laughs> That's disturbing. It took another hour to get it to schlorp back into place in order uh, to tie the neck brace back on and secure uh, it to her shoulders. Flinch Jesus. continuously made retching noises the entire time. Schlorp. <laughs> Schlorp is good onomatopoeia. Yep. Rio Tachibana just stared straight forward, unblinkingly. His breathing was shallow, and his thousand-yard stare was completely blank. He was shaking slightly in his seat, his hands gripping at the fabric of the old fur-lined jean jacket he was wearing. He had to go back into his house and quickly shower off and retrieve some clean clothes, but all that was left was stuff from high school. It still fit okay, but was kind of tight in the shoulders. The real problem, though, was trying not to get any more blood on his outfit when he was leaving, since his mother's insides were painting the walls like a talentless Jackson Pollock had gone ape shit in the living room. So Jackson Pollock? Uh-oh. <laughs> Art opinions. Beyond that, as he, I have them. Beyond that, as he sat catatonic in his seat, he was haunted by the taste in his mouth. Rusty mm. copper. A strange, hard-to-quantify taste of raw meat. A familiarity that turned his stomach and hollowed out his heart all at once. Is this gross freak gonna be alright? Myrtle said casually, slapping Rio's cheek with the back of her hand a few times. He looks like J.J. Abrams got hired to reboot his favorite franchise. (laughs) 
Stop touching people, you rotting little fuck, Kayla yelled out, <laughs> slapping the back of Myrtle's head and almost causing it to fall over the front of her neck brace it was held on with. Ugh. Whoa, no, the brace isn't tight enough, Myrtle yelled, grabbing onto her head and holding it in place. Kayla rolled her eyes and tried to readjust the neck brace. Oh, Jesus. Hold on. Hold still. I'm trying to get it back in. It's too small for this. <laughs> Boy, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, Flinch said with a shake of his head and a heavy-lidded, dull-faced smirk. He caught himself after a few seconds and turned his dopey gaze back over the seat towards the back row. I, I have no dollars, because it's big. Like, at least whatever inches is considered almost the biggest one. Like, 15 or whatever you'll believe. 15 is, yep. yep. Will you all shut the fuck up for five fucking seconds?! Everyone in the car, even Rio, who had been caught up in the enormity of his own heinous crimes, turned their eyes to the driver's seat at once in complete silence. Gripping the wheel with white knuckles and teeth gritted, Indrid Cold was seething in his seat, <laughs> hunched forward with shoulders shaking. Don't you fucking shitbags ever shut the fuck up! I've been driving you for hours, and not once have any of you said anything worth the spittle you flecked all over my new car! Jesus. You're a bunch of genuine brain-dead troglodytes, and I can't wait to be done with you! <laughs> there was a long, pregnant pause in the Eldorado, then, that dragged on and on. Finally, it was strangely Rio who broke the silence. Isn't this dude supposed to be, like, enigmatic and otherworldly or something? <laughs> He usually is, Kayla said with a growing amount of, amount of suspicion in her voice. Also, where did your dumb hick accent go? No offense <laughs> to dumb hicks like yourself, of course, Flint said, <laughs> while trying to loosen the part of his seatbelt that was clamping his neck to the seat. I'm... Cold adjusted himself in his seat back to a normal position and cleared his throat, his eyes darting around behind his red sunglasses. I'm normal. Everything's cool. He cringed at his own <laughs> words and then corrected himself. Everything is fine. We're all fine. Let's just go back to whatever you were saying before. Uh, penis size or whatever. That's fine. <laughs> Are you bullshitting me right now? Myrtle said incredulously, leaning up to the front seat to look directly at him. Uh, come to think of it, every time I've ever seen you before, you made me feel like queasy or something. Like really uncomfortable and off my game. Like, he kind of radiated bad vibes, Kayla puzzled out, leaning around to stare up at Cold herself. It's so weird hearing somebody else get this treatment. I see why people <laughs> like doing it so much, though. It's pretty fun. You also smell like pennies and shoe polish for some reason, Fl Flinch prodded, flop sweatily. Ugh. That's a... God. That's just my, my cologne. Cold began to sweat visibly, gripping the wheel tighter again. Oh, look, we've entered city limits. Better uh, uh, better make a pit stop at this gas station. Gotta refuel. He yanked the wheel over as hard as he could, everyone in the car being slammed into the door or into each other, jostling around like bumper cars as the Eldorado skidded to a sudden halt. If, uh, if you'll excuse me. Cold threw the driver's side door open and leapt out of the car, barely even clearing his seatbelt as it slid back off of him into its feeder. He did that awkward speed-walking gate around the side of the gas station building, a big hand-painted sign announcing that that's where the payphone was. Hmm. Well, that was... 
weird, Rio said distantly, <laughs> watching his cold disappear around the corner. Yeah, who the fuck needs a payphone in this day and age? Is he going to buy an AOL Minutes disc while he's in there? Myrtle added. <laughs> as she climbed over Rio like he was some old luggage piled in the seat, then hopped out of the car herself. Everyone got out of the car at this point and surveyed their surroundings. They could very plainly see, about a half mile down the road, a big wooden sign declaring, Welcome to Whitesville, Connecticut, home of the angels. Hmm. To the other side was an extremely run-down old gas station, and rows and rows of conifers leading off into the distance. The station's lights were off inside, only the reflection on the windows visible. An old wooden sign whistled in the wind thanks to all the old holes in it. Old curly lettering announcing the station as the Pump and Dump Gas Station and Refuse Station. <laughs> and in smaller serif letters below it, this isn't a funny name. With a small cartoon man in an apron winking next to it and holding a gas pump. Uh... Is this place even open? Kayla asked, shoving her hands into her leather jacket pockets and walking towards the front door. Hey, Rio, pump the gas while I go in and see if there's any booze or ointment to score. Flinch motioned back at Rio as he passed him. Ointment? I, I'm pretty sure I ate my mom, Rio said distantly, his whole Aww. face contorted in horror. Everybody's got a sob story. Just wait for the sad violins to kick in <laughs> while you pump the gas, cricket boy, Myrtle said as she passed him Jeez. up. Jeez. Waving him off she in the ex him. waving him off in the exact <laughs> way that Flinch did, except she was skipping and smiling as she did. Rio looked at the car, then after them for a moment, sighed heavily, and then lifted the gas pump. <laughs> Kayla grabbed the old curved metal handle of the door and pulled, and sure enough, it swayed open with a loud, rusty squeal. She held the door open and motioned for Flinch and Myrtle to go inside. You do, you two do whatever it is you do when I'm not around. I assume molt your skin and eat it. I'm going to look around for a bit. <laughs> Jesus. I mostly just eat potted meat and yell at Judge Judy for being mean to the guys in her court show, Flinch said <laughs> oh plainly. Oh, God. Walking past her into the darkened gas station lobby. Please don't leave me alone with this man, Myrtle said with a frown as she walked into the station as well. He smells like an abandoned dumpster and looks like an abandoned dumpster with a weak chin. <laughs> You're a match made in heaven then, Kayla said, allowing the door to shut in Myrtle's face and walking away. Or the yep. other place, she mumbled. <laughs> Kayla's stealth rolled about a 14 and skirted around the edge of the building until she was, <laughs> until she was within earshot of where Indrid Cold had run off to. He was back turned from her and was holding a payphone to his ear tightly, pacing a little in place and bursting with a sort of panicked energy. Kayla leaned around the corner as best she could, but she couldn't make out what he was saying. At a loss, she quickly did a super sick, unnecessary combat roll from the corner to behind that gigantic silver speckled rusty ice display cooler that all gas stations perpetually have throughout <laughs> all time and yeah. space and uh, hunkered behind it. She <laughs> held her hand to her ear to listen in. No, no, I got him here, just like you said, Cold said nervously without a hint of his accent. I don't know, man. How the hell should I know? You paid me <laughs> to get him here, and now they're here. That's my part, man. You're the guy after that. He paused for a long time, listening intently and looking around like a cornered animal waiting for a predator to pounce. Finally, he yanked his sunglasses off, revealing not uh, not uh, uh, 
not only a pair of dull brown eyes behind them, but a line of pale makeup that ended just past the edges of the shades. Mm. Look, oh, I'm done. Man. I'm done and it's over. They're in town and I'm fucking out of here. I'd rather go back to being a shine boy than deal with this bunch of freaks and your fucked up shit. <laughs> That's why it smells like shoe polish. Mm. Exactly. He paused for another moment, wildly scratching at his dark hair. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'll just collect the payment then. All right. Well, fine. At this point, Kayla ducked away and back around the corner as quietly and quickly as she could, running at a sprint back towards the car. When she arrived, Rio had just finished pumping gas and was hanging the pump back up on its stand. Look, uh, guy I just met today... I don't know if I could trust you or not, because apparently you ate your mom or something, but uh, <laughs> Kayla went on breathlessly, not giving Rio enough time to react to that, except with a hollow, aghast look on his face. <laughs> that guy who drove us here isn't injured cold. Whatever he told you was a lie. He was hired to bring us here by somebody, and I have no idea why now. The only thing in that store that hasn't expired is the rats, Myrtle said from behind them. <laughs> That's genius. Walking up with her hands in her pockets and a wistful look on her face. Seems fine to me, Flinch said casually, mm. drinking a thick brown slurry out of a can labeled New Coke. It's, gra- it's gravy. <laughs> it's gravy. <laughs> the guy it's who, from 1985. The guy who drove us here isn't the real injured cold. He's an imposter, Kayla said plainly to the group. That's cool. He was always more of your friend anyway. I don't really know him. (laughs) Flinch said, burping. One of his eyes then slowly started to wander out of place until he shook his head, the pupil returning to the center. (laughs) What the Uh, fuck? uh, All right, you might be right that this is a little out of date. (laughs) (laughs) That is such an handsome thing to do, Myrtle said with a gigantic toothy smile, her pallid features brightening up instantly now that she could mention Kingdom Hearts, but not the (laughs) Ansem you might be thinking of! Oh my god. I want to go home so bad right now, Rio whimpered, rubbing his eyes with the palms of his hands. Why, to see your mom, Flinch said, taking another long sip of his new coke. Jesus. Alright, let's get this show on the road, the cold imposter said as he walked back up to the group. He held his arms out and ushered everyone back towards the gas station. Let's all head inside and see if we can find any supplies. We're headed into the hornet's nest now and uh, won't have another chance before stopping the blood moon. The four others standing in the parking lot exchanged glances and then Kayla began waving them waving them together. Uh, group huddle real quick. Fine, the cold imposter said, taking a few steps away from the group as they huddled up in a circle. No, nobody touched my butt or anything. I'd really hate if that had to happen, Flitch said, hiding a weird little grin the entire time. Now that's something the Ansem you're thinking about would say, Myrtle said with a knowing little chuckle. How do I hate her more than than, uh, Flinch? Look, you utter degenerates. What are we going to do about this guy? Do we play along with him and go into town until we can see what his deal is or not? I, uh, I don't think we have to worry about that anymore, Rio said plainly. What do you mean, Kayla said, surprised to hear him speak. Well, he's driving away right now. <laughs> Everyone in the group huddle quickly stood back up and looked in the direction Rio was pointing. Surely enough, the cold impersonator was peeling the fuck out of the parking lot at full speed and swerving onto the highway. 
The car zoomed down the road like a rocket loosed from its silo, disappearing past the Welcome to Whitesville sign and back out of town. Well, that solves that problem, then. Good job, team, Flinch said triumphantly. (laughs) Everyone stared at him for a couple seconds in utter disbelief before continuing. Okay, now what? Rio asked. Well, we're going to have to get some help. I'm not sure if going into town now is the best idea or not. Who knows if the Acolytes are even going to be performing a Blood Moon ritual tonight or not now. This could have just all been an easy way to get their enemies in one place to kill them off, Kayla said, shaking her head. She paused and looked at Flinch for a moment before adding, and also you're here too, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Acolytes? Rio questioned with a tilt of his head. Yeah, the Acolytes of the Third Birth, the the weird-ass cult. The reason why we're all here, because they're trying to kill us for one reason or another? Kayla said, increasing frustration in her voice as no recognition crossed Rio's face. Did he even listen to the season? (laughs) He's not a fan, I don't know. Uh, He's not a patron. I've never heard of them, he said, shoving his hands into his jeans pockets. I was kidnapped by a human experimentation syndicate called Gestalt. Indrid Cold, or whoever the hell that was, told me that they're uh, that we're all uniting to destroy them so that they can no longer hunt us and harm our loved ones. I thought you said you killed your mom, Flinch said, puzzled. <laughs> Did they, like, hire you to do it or something? Are you, like, your own arch enemy? Fucking hell. <laughs> I think the fake cold played you, man, Kayla said. This has nothing to do with any shadowy science lab turning people into monsters or whatever. That's ridiculous kids' fiction stuff. This is the real world. We're dealing with an eldritch cult trying to bring about Doomsday by summoning an angel from the moon like it's a big egg. (laughs) I don't have any cell service, Myrtle interrupted, holding her phone screen up to show everyone. I was trying to search the Kingdom Hearts wiki to see if Noctis222 had made any updates to my pages so I could report his dumb ass for shipping like always, but I can't. He's probably ruining the Roxas page right now. He belongs with Axel, and she should know this! (laughs) Can I go home now? I was supposed to give my mom her heart medicine 16 hours ago, Flinch muttered. (laughs) Oh my god. The only other vehicle in this parking lot is that truck over there. Do you think whoever owns that will be back? Myrtle pointed across the way. Sitting at the back edge of the parking lot near the tree line was a beat-up old Ford F-150 with an incredibly old rusted sign tacked to the driver's side door that read Matheson Repair Service in barely legible lettering. The windows were rolled down on either side of it, but no one was inside, and it looked like the truck had been there for quite some time. Look, we'll just call for help on the payphones. We just need 75 cents for a call. Kayla looked around the group, (laughs) holding her hand out towards them. They all stared at her blankly. Good luck. Not one of you has 75 cents? You don't have it either, Rio said flatly, starting to get real tired of these three. I'm a millennial. None of us carry cash, she retorted. Or have a home, or have a good relationship with your parents, or have any savings, Myrtle said with a grin. Oh, shit. I want this day to be over, Kayla muttered, turning and walking back towards the front doors of the old abandoned gas station. I want this life to be over. (laughs) Myrtle quickly took off in pursuit of her employer, leaving Rio and Flinch standing there in silence in the middle of the parking lot. 
A long moment of quiet passed, the wind in the trees nearby the only sound, before Flinch opened his mouth to speak. Fuck off, Rio cut him off instantly. <laughs> Flinch simply closed his mouth and looked away. Inside the store, the air was thick and musty, particulate floating around in the sparse light beams that penetrated the old smudged-over windows. The aisles were jagged, pushed aside or toppled over, and mold grew along the floor between them, grown from some long-forgotten food item or beverage left there to rot. Even though it was day outside, it was almost impossible to see anything in here besides what was within a few feet of you. The horrid, acrid smell dangling in the air was the only hint of just how bad it really was beyond your vision. <laughs> Kayla searched through her jacket pockets and found that she had left the small flashlight in the car which was now probably 25 miles from here at least. She cursed <laughs> under her breath and squinted into the darkness, the bright shafts of light from outside only serving to make it darker and harder to see past them. She drew her cane out in front of her and began to tap it against the floor to check where she was going. <laughs> she fumbled in the dark, trying not to touch anything on the way. She knew how most gas stations had their setup. The checkout was always somewhere close to the door. And if she could just score three quarters among the detritus, then they would be home free. The crunch of glass beneath her boots was not comf comforting the notion this place had already been ransacked, however. All the while, at the corner of her eye, a strange shaft of pure black stood in the very center of the room. What? She assumed that it had to be a support column, but every time she moved, it felt like the pure black monolith slowly moved along with her, <sighs> twisting to face directly at her. After a few minutes, she wasn't assuming any longer. She was trying to convince herself. <laughs> she tried to put it out of her mind and pressed on in the mottled shadows that enveloped her. She felt around the front display and found the opening to behind the checkout, the deathly silence in the air making the hair on the back of her neck stand up as she pushed around within it. It was quiet enough inside you could hear a pin drop. No wind, <laughs> no motion. All-encompassing silence. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> no! Kayla lurched back away from the sound the sudden, deep, boom, booming voice had emerged from, but instantly felt the ragged pain of sharp stone dig into her skin. Her entire body wrenched up from the ground and heaved through the air, the disorientation of the darkness only adding to the absolute horror of the fall. Crash! The glass gave way around her and splintered into every direction, her body slamming into the hard concrete and rolling along it glass clattering the ground alongside her. She struggled to roll back over to look in the direction she had been thrown, her vision blurry at the edges as she coughed and retched the pain away desperately. From within the broken remnants of the front window of the gas station lobby, slowly came the hulking, horrendous form. The inky black within birthed the body slowly from its darkness, revealing Whoa. jagged stone and chitinous scale overlapped over twisted and mangled flesh. Two sets of glaring, smoldering red eyes pierced into her very being as the wet, chittering mandibles below them moved in syncopation over row after row of serrated, yellowed teeth. Its massive clawed forearm emerged from the darkness clamped tightly around the midsection of Myrtle Smelly, swaying back and forth in its grip and kicking her legs and thrashing her body against its confines. She let out a horrified scream and bashed at her captive to no avail. 
Kayla slowly pushed herself up to her hands or knees and coughed up a small pitch of black blood onto the ground before turning her eyes back up at her assailant. Mr. Nero, she greeted, glaring through narrow eyes at the familiar hulking monstrosity before her. Miss Hunter, it returned from somewhere deep within the mall behind its slithering mandibles. Jesus fucking Christ, what is that? Flinch called out. (laughs) Stepping rapidly back and behind Rio for protection. Like a human meat shield, really. A flinch classic. Uh, uh, A chrysalid, Rio called out, horrific recognition crossing his face, before slow confusion dawning on it a moment later. But not... It's not the same. It's... ah, Myrtle screamed as the gigantic Mr. Nero hurled her through the air like a beanbag into the distance. She came down hard, slamming into the side of the old pickup truck near the tree line and causing it to shake on its axle from the strike, bouncing off and landing face down in the dirt. (laughs) Oh, fuck! Kayla screamed out, (laughs) turning her eyes back to Mr. Nero and unsheathing her sword from its cane scabbard. With incredible speed, she began to sprint forward, taking a running leap through the air at the massive horror that stood before her, only to be slapped out of the air by its massive bladed claw, slamming into the ground herself. There is nowhere to run this time, a familiar voice said calmly, stepping out of the dark store interior behind Mr. Nero. The small man in a white suit took off his hat and fanned himself with it, a gigantic wide grin upon his round features, his eyes hidden by small, black, round sunglasses. Mr. Cornwallis sneered and chuckled to himself, tilting his head down to look around his massive compatriot. No school to drop on top of Mr. Nero to slow him down this time. Mr. Nero's bladed fingers drove down into the ground on either side of Kayla's head and set themselves in the perfect formation to come together and rend her into a dozen pieces. (laughs) Mr. Cornwallis's smile faded. Kill her. No! But a scream ground the entire situation to a halt. Echoing off the trees around them, the voice was twisted and inhuman and cavernous, causing everyone who could turn their eyes to look in its direction to do so. Rio's body shook and convulsed, his eyes empty and his mouth drooped down unnaturally low from its jaw as if disconnected. His form folded over on itself, his muscles popping and bursting as they shifted around themselves. Pushed pushed and pressed (laughs) from within, and then suddenly, like a balloon bursting, his entire body exploded into a grisly, horrific mess, revealing within it the monstrous form he was now doomed to walk the earth as for all his days just below the skin. (laughs) Black and green, chitinous skin of its own, slick with blood and viscera, almost glittered in the remaining sunlight. Its elongated head was thrown back to the sky to release its horrendous screeching sound into the air at the mark of its own third birth. And once (laughs) it was finally done screaming, it dropped its head down, its segmented red eyes glaring with an intensity and hatred neither Mr. Nero nor Mr. Cornwallis had ever seen before in their long hateful lives and then like a bolt of lightning loosed from the sky it was leaping towards Mr. Nero its arm outstretched a long thin sinewy blade jutting out of its flesh like a fresh wound and then 
to be continued. No! What are you doing? Dun, dun, dun. This motherfucker is writing a three-parter and he's driving me nuts. Yep, this is the three-part end of this story. Jeff, can you stop writing so well? Mm -hmm. Uh, You're making us look bad. I can start writing well. How about that? (laughs) Making you look bad, maybe. Uh (laughs) I don't disagree with that. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, no, You guys are making me look bad because you have better characters and you're funnier. We don't do this. We don't do this anymore. Yes, we do. We do it every episode. (laughs) We're We're supportive. We're lords now. Yes, we are. It's true. Lords before boards. That's what I always say. Oh, man. That was great. Thank you. Not like I like uh, the the dialogue and the characters carried a story, carried the story when not technically a lot happened. And that's really good. That's like the the best way to storytell. It's like like those um, little snap episodes of like your favorite show where mm-hmm. they just sit and talk for an hour and you don't realize how engaging it is yeah like, yeah i, didn't I guess say not, not much did happen they mostly just wander around a parking lot yeah <laughs> but, but that's great though. but it's great that i i didn't notice that was happening until the end it's like oh yeah like yeah the, that's like screenwriter-esque yeah that's yeah that's well, like a thank movie. you both that yeah. that means a lot you are most welcome no, thank yeah, you, you like sir. <laughs> I have to be mean because I don't know how to deal with. Feelings. I understand. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, yeah. I feel like every time I'm doing Flinch's voice, that I'm like one octave away from Flyman, and I'm trying my hardest to stay away from. I mean, I think Flinch might be more of a degenerate than. Flyman. Oh, true. Yeah, very true. Like, Flyman hates himself, and that's like yeah, pretty bad. But Flinch like, likes Flinch, himself. Yeah, he doesn't. Hate I think himself. Flinch yeah. it doesn't like himself so much as he's absolutely oblivious to the fact that he there's anything wrong with him. Yeah, mm. like oh, Flyman needs to be like, yo, that'd be great if you <laughs> yeah, were like too stupid to know how shitty you were. Oh yeah. my god, that'd be great. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. It's true. Too bad we're god. the smartest boys in town. Yeah. Too bad I have like a two oh five IQ. Damn. I got an IQ of 400. (laughs) Dr. Robotnik. The machine hasn't been uh, developed that can measure mine, so... That's right. (laughs) You mean your IQ or your dick? dick. Either. Either. Tech measures measures don't go that far. (laughs) It's so small, they need an electron. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I'm that really was excited. School level insult. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Je- uh, other Jeff's dick. Rich's dick is plank leg level. Oh my god! <laughs> the smallest object that you can see. Talk about quantum mechanics. Yeah, <laughs> you need to use quantum. Qu- you need to use quantum mechanics to give this guy a hand job. <laughs> I mean, still getting a hand job. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> still had sex. <laughs> I'm excited was... to uh, kill several beloved characters. No! Well, you can't kill Myrtle. She's not killable. Yeah, she's You can just, like, wheel her around in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and she <laughs> won't die. Uh, she's killable. You could put her in one of those cat bags. <laughs> like, BB, like BD1, just sticking out of a bag, right? I did think how funny it would be if, like, she was just a head. 
But yeah. then I was like, how does Kayla keep that a secret at Marshall? Nah, <laughs> she just has to pretend to be a specimen when people yeah. come in. <laughs> just I don't think Myrtle would be good at that. She'd be like, and then in Kingdom Hearts. Like, yeah, if somebody comes yeah. in and mentions Kingdom Hearts, then it's over. <laughs> Um, you somehow made Myrtle worse than Flash. Yeah, I was going to say I that. Know. It was I don't bad. Know how to do it. it was bad. I'm, I'm peeling back the layers of Myrtle. Like everyone was like, "Oh, she's so you. Uh, you thought you made the worst character ever, but we love her." And I'm like, "Well, we'll see." Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was a challenge to Jeff. Man. Well, I hate Myrtle, so don't make her fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Will Flinch die? God, no. I, hope, I hope not. He he doesn't deserve that yeah, fate. Yeah, he doesn't deserve the sweet release that we yeah, all do. If, <laughs> yeah. if I was going to kill Flinch off, I'll give you the scoop here. I would have a situation arise where he could save the day by sacrificing himself. Mm-hmm. And he would, he, he would refuse, and then he would just get killed off in a different way right afterwards. Yeah, like instantly. <laughs> Like uh, Benny from The Mummy. Exactly. <laughs> He's Benny from The Mummy. He's got some Benny DNA in him, for sure. Well, Benny's, like, smarter and funnier. Yeah. That's true. Flinch is a piece yeah. of shit. He's an Less idiot. Less disgusting. Who, ironically, those sorts of people tend to live longer. Yeah. They let the, the disgusting fuel them. Mm. <laughs> I like the the disbelief in Josh's voice when I did the fourth "You ate your mom" joke. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was harsh, it's man. Just, I started feeling for him. Yeah, you're supposed you're starting to. to kick the kid in the teeth when he's down. It's like shit, man. It's it's supposed oh to highlight that Rio's been through some horrible shit and he's affected by it, and that Flinch is a genuine piece of shit. Yeah, they all it are. Worked. <laughs> yeah, we got we got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing, like. They all are kind of pieces of shit. Like Even Kayla is Kayla. so unbelievably fed up with all this horse shit that she's taking it out on people left and right. Yeah. She's I like uh, I like Donald Trump and Drid Cole with the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to do the voice and he's like, I I'm fine. I, I specifically <laughs> did uh, a different southern accent for him the whole time. <laughs> Well, like now I'm like, when is there a real? Yeah, yeah, is there a real one? Because I feel like there is. One yeah. of them didn't. One of them come through a portal or something once. Well, um, I mean that's uh, that's up to interpretation at this point. We don't know, mm. but uh, every like Kayla believes there is because as she points out, the first time she met injured cold, yeah. she felt intensely uncomfortable and couldn't focus yeah, on Yeah, at anything. the train. Yeah. At the train, right? Yeah. yeah, and she said that every time she's been around him since, it's felt the same, except being around now. this guy. This time, yeah. And Maybe she, he's captured. And he gave her the cane. Why would he give her the cane if he yeah, didn't why would he do that, that time? Yeah. She and stole the cane. Oh, she stole the cat. Yeah, you're yeah, right. That was in but one of he the let stories. her have it, though, didn't yeah, he? He, he, was like, he whatever. Like, invited her into the world, even, by giving her his yeah, business card yeah, and saying yeah. that they could work together in the future. And she's been yeah, chasing yeah. after him ever since yeah. to figure out what the fuck the society is. He's not been fake this whole time. No. Or has he? My, 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 no. Don't listen to Jeff. He yeah. doesn't know. I don't know yet. <laughs> I've read that. Hasn't had. We have three or four episodes Two. Left. We have six or seven episodes yeah, left. So. Ten or twelve more episodes. You can have six or seven of my 
inches down your neck if you're not careful. I better keep saying it then because <laughs> that would suck. Oh, no, thank man. you guys for enjoying my story. No, it was great. Thanks for writing it. They all were great. Well, yeah, you guys were great. Yours was also great. All of them were great. Even mine. I'm going to be the bigger person here. I'm going to try and train you both to enjoy your own storytelling. Okay, but be good, the dad. Good luck with that shit. I'm going to keep doing that. Now, I mean, it's widely, known that, it's widely known that I am the only good dad on earth. So I've heard that's that. true. Heard that. that is true. <laughs> so. Uh, I, what about your dad? <laughs> he's all right, but it, well, he was all right, and now he's taking. He's got some proclivities weirdo. we don't approve yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking, I was going to ask about Father's Day and be like, "What do you get the pedophile that has everything?" <laughs> <laughs> to be to be fair, Rich's dad is not a pedophile. No, no he is absolutely it's an inside not. joke. No, it's a, it, yeah. It's an inside joke. Yeah. My dad said something incredibly weird because he had a urinary tract infection, which is probably too much that information for the podcast. But um, yeah, it gives you a temporary sort of like weird yeah, insanity. Dementia. Um, yeah. It's, and it uh, was really funny. It was really funny. Even though that sounds pretty dark. It was really um, funny. It, it, it was, was really funny. funny. Like, like, I, like, we talked about it for about two hours. It was so funny. Us three. <laughs> People in that uh, fucking restaurant probably talked about it for two Fuck hours, too. Hell. I just... Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- let's get off this, because otherwise I'm going to have yeah. to tell the whole story. Explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, so, uh, with those three stories done, we close the cover... Here. ...on episode 24. Um, would you mind wheeling prompt butt out, that hoary piece of shit that just goes around <laughs> to people's houses... Damn, dude, you can go to people's houses and not be a whore. I told it to go back to Josh and then threw it in the dumpster and wished it for the best. So (laughs) he made made his way through Philly, but we all know what happens when a robot goes through Philly. Let me wheel him out. (laughs) Oh, God. Sounds bad. Okay, first prompt, please, prompt bot. (laughs) Uh oh. Towels. Oh, by, God, oh God. <laughs> by uh this one's been on the list since week one. Uh by Aaron, handsome intern Damrell. <laughs> Why is he handsome, handsome intern? intern? Because that's his nickname from Tapon's Theatre and Subspace. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, never changes. Uh next prompt, please. Prompt bot, please a better one. Error. <laughs> Error. Go Phillies. <laughs> oh, been Ow. reprogrammed. <laughs> this is where I wished we'd uh, we we did be dishonest. Outhouses by well that takes care of itself. Duncan, something is rotten in the state of Darinos. <laughs> <laughs> is his name Duncan Darinos? No, his name's Duncan. Just Duncan. Oh, just, just plain Duncan. Duncan. Okay. So something thought, is I rotten. Well, towels and outhouses wrap themselves up in a nice yeah. bow. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. Yeah. how that's going to fit. I don't know. I have yeah, no clue. No idea. Yeah. Um, right, so uh, we're finished with this show this week, but we'd like to say uh, <laughs> those prompts have bummed me out, man. <laughs> I've got no energy. <laughs> no, I'm finished with the show now. this week. No, 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 no. Thank you for the prompts. Those were great. Those were great prompts. They oh. are the best ones we've ever gotten. <laughs> Better than frogs and socks. 
And look what we got out of those. Towels is. How the fuck are you going to write about a towel? Towely. Oh no. Hijoki gets a new cousin. A new. A new. Cool cousin. Yeah. Come for one episode. Just a towel wearing sunglasses. We'd like to say thank you to Vidizen for the use of his music, for the podcast, for the intro, outro, and some incidentals. Um, incidentals. Uh, you can find out everything about him, his music, schedule, inside leg <laughs> measurement, at vidizen.card.co, and that's card with two R's. Now, if you want to do your duty as a uh, uh, pers- person who lives in the land of the lords uh, and suggest prompts to the Book of Blood, then you've got to head over to patreon.com slash storylords and for as little as $5 a month, you can join our super cool Discord, which is full of really nice people, uh, read our stories when I get round to loading my other ones, and yeah, suggest... it's only been four months. Yeah, <laughs> and suggest prompt. We're moving fast That's past this one. Big one. For ten dollars, you can get access to redesign by committee. Our extra podcast where we redesign an existing IP. We've just done one. We've just recorded one. And spoilers, it's a good one. And it was good. It's. Should we tell them what it was? No. Oh, they okay. have to. Find out. You have to go to the Patreon and find out, dum dums. All right. Yeah. So dinguses. <laughs> it could be. It could be a movie. It could be a series. It could be a video game. We've never could be all of those. Could be all of the yeah. yeah. We could uh, redesign for, your mama. Shit. I don't think have, we got time for that. She'd have the biggest booty. It would be an extremity. It would be a limb. <laughs> It'd be a limb. <laughs> It'd be a limb. Um, Phantom for, limb. For twenty dollars. For twenty small dollars, you get all that, the PDF of our upcoming book early, and a creator credit in the book itself. Um, yeah, signed in blood. Boy, I am is... scared to death of that book and doing yeah. that. We'll see how that turns out. Oh, it's we'll be, be all right. Terrifying. We'll be all right. Uh, what I'm slightly concerned about is the length of the book at the moment. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a big 69 one. Sixty-nine pages, maybe. <laughs> it's maybe four hundred and twenty but... pages. Maybe. Uh, so being a Patreon. A patron of us is a no-brainer at this point. You literally are being a loser by not doing it. You're losing yeah. money by not paying us. <laughs> yeah, you should sign up seven times. Yeah. If you want any other info about our show, you can head on over to storylords.card.co. Again, with two R's. Um, and you can find out all about the show, all about us. Well, not all about us, but you know, a healthy a amount snippets. about us. And how does Josh? How does Josh dress? <laughs> Which way does it hang? Yeah, it's left and right. It's so big. Up. <laughs> That's <laughs> quantum mechanics reality. right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's all the episode art. The episodes are on there as well. You can just click on them. With the new fangled technology of the internet, I had to, I had to choose between whether people could see the episode art or click on the episode to go to it. So I chose the episode art. Oh, okay, fine. But you can just go to the. We're on every fucking podcast service on earth at this point. We are. Yeah, we're too. Also, are we on? Cl- are we on Kluegel? Kegels? Yeah. Are we yeah. on Dingle? Are we yeah. on Kegels? Yeah. yeah. Are we? <laughs> We're always doing those kegels. Yeah. <laughs> so we could shoot out people's bags. Yeah. Yeah, shotgun style. 
Um, next episode is the second to last episode mm. of the season. Um, but what I want to say is we promised a Q&A session, which we're going to do after the last episode. So if you want to get your questions into us, you need to go to storylordspod. Uh, you can't go there. You send your email to storylordspod at gmail.com. Questions about the podcast? We want to make it a full episode. Um, otherwise, we'll just ramble and just, you know, suck each other's dicks. So, which nobody wants want to hear. Oh, God, I hope we get so many questions. Um, but, yeah, try and, just to provide though, try and make them questions that we can all answer. We don't want just loads of questions going to Jeff about horror or me about sci- sci-fi or Josh about penis. Um, or what it's like to be fired a lot. <laughs> You're going to find out again if you keep that attitude up. Shit. I'm on thin ice. I better straighten up. Um, But we'd like that episode to be a bit of a um, sort of way in which that you guys can interact with us about the series and talk to us about what the episode's meant to you and any questions that you have where we possibly have left gaping plot holes. Uh, Don't, 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 don't. No, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) We'll punish ourselves enough for that. You don't have to worry. Um, Unless but, you're a patron, you can do whatever. Yeah, our, our stories are airtight. None of yeah. us have ever made a mistake. Yeah. No, you can gate my plot hole if you give us twenty. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I might become a patron. Yeah. So yeah, we'd like you to take part in that episode, not that episode that Josh just mentioned. The actual Q and A episode. I have a question. Yeah. After the Q and A episode, which will be twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do episode 28, or are we going to do season 2, episode 1? Oh. I, crickets. Put um, in crickets here, Josh. I mean, I I know what I'm going to do, but I don't want to... That's not even what? the question. <laughs> but we, we can talk about this later. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to get fired. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you better straighten up well, like straighten that up Henderson fellow. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Undecided for now. I'm sorry, Mr. Henderson. Probably be better to do, like, <laughs> start labelling the episode season two, right? Uh, I'm not doing that. We're, I will find out. <laughs> <laughs> then why the fuck did you ask? We'll discuss it later, we'll discuss it later then, I mean. <laughs> That's what I meant. That's what he meant, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um... Jeff, Josh, do you want to promote anything? Yes. You've got the pledge drive going show. on, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I want to uh, promote this because this episode will come out like on the 26th, I think. Yeah, yeah it comes out on 26th. So M-Class Podcast will still be doing the Trek Boy Pride Pledge Drive 2023 to benefit the Trevor Project. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point it out, and I would love it if uh, people could... Uh, take part in that and uh, make it not fail horribly, which I'm worried about. Uh, uh, there are two ways that you can help support the Trevor Project, which is a, uh, a suicide prevention and resource hotline for LGBTQIA plus teens and youth, which is, if you haven't been on Twitter recently, has been under fire by like uh, yeah. fucking dunderheads like Charlie Kirk and shit. <sighs> yeah, um, yeah. So they need money more than ever. Uh, we have two ways, uh, a roundabout way that gets you a bunch of extra content from M-Class Podcasts for just your pledge. 
and a more direct way where you could say fuck you and just donate directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first way you can head to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast and become a patron or raise your existing pledge. Every dollar we make over what we had at the beginning of June will be directly donated to the Trevor Project at the end of the month in one huge sum under the name M-Class Podcast. Mm-hmm. We've done this uh, three, uh, two or three years in a row. Just like there are two or three episodes left, we forget. <laughs> we don't know. Um, but uh, No one can tell. We can't tell. <laughs> The uh, the lump sum that we donated last year was like $1,275, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was uh, really cool to donate that. Um, we've had some people who are donating directly, and we appreciate the hell out of you as well. You can go to mm-hmm. our fundraiser page at give.thetrevorproject.org slash podcast. And uh, that gets added to the total of what we've donated the last couple of years. Because mm-hmm. I think we're headed towards $3,000 at this point that we've wow. donated. Hell yeah. Um, and if you need just a, a place that you can go to to have those links and that information at your fingertips, go to mclasspodcast.com. Excellent Do stuff. all that. I don't have anything else to say about anything. By Magic Mind. <laughs> That's not this show. Oh. Uh, I mean, if he wants to send some magic mind this way, we'll happily do it here as well. Oh, I love it though. It, I need some. I would oh, love to did. see the look on his face when I'm like, "Yeah, there's a third guy now, and you have to send another box <laughs> to and it's England." To England. <laughs> yeah. How much is that going to cost? How many pounds is that going to cost? How many mm. advertisements do we have to do before that gets paid off? Mm. How many euros? Zero, because they don't use that anymore. We never used it. No. No, you didn't. When I went there, you guys were like, what? <laughs> Euros? Yeah, I don't get, know. Get some real money, bitch. Yeah. yeah get some pounds. Yeah. We call some... it pounds because that's how big my fucking dick is. <laughs> One pound. One pound. <laughs> One pound. <laughs> we have no. unusually high self-esteem in Britain. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's it that I got to... Uh, um, talk about this time i mean uh you can follow me on twitter or not i don't care yeah, yeah twitter sucks so, so fuck it's it, it yeah. might not i might not it's even so if i get shitty. a fucking it's... blue sky invite i am fucking out of here a blue ski you're going to blue i'm, ski? I'm gonna go to blue ski you have to get an invite yeah, yeah you get you no. get put on a waiting list if you try and just join it regularly yeah fuck that what the fuck is with that? Like, what? What's? Uh, anyway. I'd like to think it's because they're like picking and choosing who gets to be on it, whether you're like a piece of yeah. shit or not. But like, yeah. I got to imagine it's just because they don't have the bandwidth to do all the people Probably. that want to join. Well, I mean, you know, nothing says um, be a little bit better than Twitter by an exclusive entry list. <laughs> fuck Look. hell. Look, I would rather I would rather live in the gated internet community than live next door to Elon Musk. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a, what do you do? You I got to have some type of social media or I can't yeah. do my job, which yeah. blows. Yeah. yeah, sucks. Um and is spoutable good yet? Is anyone I'm there? I'm getting a I'm getting a live some journal, people like I it. think. <laughs> Go back to MySpace. Friendster yeah. all the way. Friendster. Club Penguin. Fine. Club. I just mentioned Club Penguin last night. That's Meet you so at Club Penguin, everyone. Yeah, yeah. At Club Penguin. He mentioned Club Penguin when I said I would have to overclock my computer to play Pajama <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Club Penguin. Snood.
Oh, yeah, I've loaded up snood. Give me a couple <laughs> hours. Snood? Did you guys have snood in England? I, I mean, no. I forgot it, but... What, what is it? Like, uh, it's like Dr. Mario, sort of, but you shoot the little snoods at other snoods. No. I mean, you just, you just say the same word over again. What is snood? You shoot a snood at another snood. Snood, you snood, snood, snood. snood. You shoot a snood at another movie, snood. Yeah. What, what are you not getting? <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand what you're not getting. Are we losing something it's, uh, in the It's fucking um, Bubble Bobble. They're not Bubble oh, Bobble. Yeah. It's Poyo Pop is yeah. what it is. Okay. But I okay. found it. Windows Game 1996. I'm sending you the video on YouTube. Do you know what that is, <laughs> I do. Snood Tube? Yeah, of course I know what Snood Tube is. I'm a big fan of you calling the man Grandpa for not knowing Snood. <laughs> you don't know what this game from 30 years ago is? You fucking millennial. <laughs> Snoods are uh, vaguely racist caricature faces that you shoot at each uh, other. <laughs> they are kind of. Now that I think about it, I never thought about. It. Here you go. Oh yeah, I, I'm game? the villain for not knowing this. Oh yeah, yeah, I do know I that. Agree. I do. Know I agree that. that you're the villain. I'm always the villain. That's why you're That's anyone who was. It's just it. Anyone who was dating anyone at this point had that person playing this. I feel like everyone's um, girlfriend was playing Snoods. Um, it's the then day Zuma. A snooter? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play Zuma? The thing with the the thing that was like Aztec with the frog in the middle shooting the yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone yes. was addicted to that. Everyone's girlfriends was addicted to that for a little while. Yep. Yep. They were at college, not doing their homework, yeah. playing this. So. I was yeah. playing Tetris yeah. Friends in college, <laughs> which was the online competitive Tetris. I was playing Never Go to Class. Mm. And Tetris Friends got shut down. I gotta imagine by whoever owns Tetris. <laughs> My uh, roommate at university had the biggest entertainment setup. Because he, he was a rich boy. And yeah. we always used to just sit in his uh, sit in his room. Because he had the biggest room as well in the, in the house. And played Halo 3 religiously. Oh, that sounds like, so good. Oh, yeah. It was so good. He was a good roommate. He wasn't a dick. I had he in college well in 2006, actually 2009 <laughs> in college because I had to work a couple years to afford college. But like mm. in 2009, I had mm. a fucking tube TV, like a giant fucking brick ass square tube TV in my dorm. <laughs> Dude, did you just leave it when you left? We were like, that's I threw it in the problem. dumpster when I left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let someone else get cancer from this now. Yeah. <laughs> and I, ironically, like, eventually I started buying up, like, uh, old games and stuff and playing mm-hmm. them on, like, the three-in-one systems. Yeah. And being like, oh, I, I need to have a CRT for this, and I threw mine in a dumpster. Threw it out. <laughs> I had, like, a 300-pound Sony, like, one of the first flat screens that they made. Oh, my God. And it still was a tube. It weighed 290 yeah. pounds. Yeah, yeah. Flat screen, that but shit. still, yep. yeah, still, still too. bulky yeah. at the All back right, well, as well. This fucking grandpa's go down memory lane <laughs> section of the podcast is brought to you by the M Class Podcast Trek Boy Pride <laughs> Drive. Go over there yeah. and donate for how much we run our mouths. We uh, yeah, what? <laughs> we let a little peek behind the curtain there because this is what this conversation normally descends to after we record. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so guys. We have two more episodes left of this season. Uh, we hope you're looking forward sure to the next that? episode. Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> we hope you're say. looking forward to it as much as we are. Uh, lots of death next week, I predict. Oh, God. What? Have Why? fun this fortnight, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye-bye.
You guys play Fortnite? <laughs>